people want to know why I did what I did? Look in the mirror. I did it because of you. Think about it. When I began my career, who's around now that was around then? Nobody. I am the one constant in the WWE. Every superstar that comes down that aisle eats at the table that I set for them. Yet, I get no respect. I don't get the respect that I deserve. Now why is that? I didn't pay my dues in front of hundreds of people. I learned from the absolute best that this business had to offer and I paid my dues in front of millions and millions of people and I accomplished everything that there is to accomplish here in the WWE. I started my career as a legend killer and now 16 years later I realize who the true legend killer is. It is each and every one of you. Now, you can call me what you want. Apex Predator. Viper. Even Legend Killer. But you only really need to refer to me as the three most devastatingly destructive letters in sports entertainment. And that's R. K. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is... Uh, actually, the janitor himself is on the shelf this week. Well, you know, Madman, I'm still here. <laughs> well, is that I, how he does yeah, it? I guess so. He's, he'll be like, oh, I'm fired out of a cannon. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, and then he'll talk about what we're talking about this week. Uh, no, uh, I don't know if you guys all saw this on our Twitter last week, but unfortunately, uh, Josh was in like a pretty serious car accident. He is okay. He will make a full recovery. But he uh, had a severe concussion and was unable to do the show this week. Uh, we wish him well, of course. Definitely. And there's been an outpouring of love, I think, from a bunch of the listeners. Uh, I think. Well, <laughs> well, you know, they they say yeah, it's love. Yeah, yeah. No, I no, I just mean, you know, uh, uh, all of the people who saw the message that we posted online last week uh, really uh, wrote in with some very very kind things. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing to see. So thank you very much. I'm sure Josh appreciates it very much as well, even though he is not here to say that. In his absence, however, because as he would want it, the show must go on. Uh, we have uh, the man who was the subject of much derision last week and is here to defend his honor. It is my roommate. It is the bass player for Hotel Myra or Mira. Mira? I can never, I can never get that one right. Uh, I feel bad about that. It's all good. No. I'll plug myself later. It's <laughs> sure. <fine. laughs> 
formerly, well, the Hotel Mira. That's what they are yeah. now. That's all that really matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike, thank you for stepping in in a pinch and doing this. Hey, no worries. I'm sitting here in basically my boxers and a tank top because yeah. I live here. Yeah. So. I mean, there's really nothing different about this <laughs> than if we were just uh, you know sitting here yeah. on the couch any other night. I've upgraded from the handheld microphone to the headset. Exactly. That's pretty much it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, we. I, I guess... I guess the people would want to know what you have to say to the things that I said last week, <laughs> but I don't want to get into that right now because Josh also requested that uh, in his absence we maintain the structure of the mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. as well, that the three-round formula remain intact, that this is a true uh, true edition of Top Marks even without him, though I guess a true edition lately would have us breaking the rules uh, as it were <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're gonna do it we're gonna do three rounds this week uh and i'm excited to do them because uh they are mostly wwe related awesome yeah i mean i i really i, I gave you some pretty easy homework this week yeah it right? wasn't too difficult it was this week's episode of smackdown <laughs> and that's about it and uh i i feel like this is the perfect time for you to come onto the show because uh, it's going to be a challenge, I think, for you to tell me that WWE is bad after that episode of SmackDown. I, <laughs> I, I have. We'll get into this later. Okay, we'll get into sure, this later. But sure. it, it's WWE isn't bad; it's disappointing on many levels. All right, well, that's how I'm kind of framing. Uh, this. That's a preview of your thesis. We will get into the supporting paragraphs yeah. a little bit later on <laughs> uh, in the three rounds this week. And of course, if you are not familiar, Top Marks is a wrestling podcast. Of course, it is broken into three 15-round seg- 15 15-round, 15-minute rounds. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> three 15-round I never round do seg- this part. <laughs> I never do this part. Josh always does this I part. I mean, you'd probably be better at it than I would be. <laughs> so it's been uh, tagged on to you. Three 15-minute rounds. Uh, and of course, they run no longer than 15 minutes. What is 15 minutes? Also, the time limit of Mike. A fuck. A WCW t- TV television title match. <laughs> you just stumbled over every single part of that. Yeah. But right, you are, my friend. Did I even say your name? Mike Noble is here. <laughs> you said Mike <laughs> at Bike Melon on yeah. Twitter. Which I got a- hung up on the the name of your band, and then I don't think I ever even introduced you properly. A lot of people do that. Oh well, yeah, I mean, you've been on the show before. I've seen I people know who you are. On Jet lagged. <laughs> yeah, Wrestle Kingdom was great, guys. Let me fucking sleep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> three 15-minute rounds, and the first round of which this week is a response to my rant last week. Oh, we're jumping we're, into we're it. We're going to open up with that uh, 15 minutes, go back and forth on uh, the, the issues that were discussed last week, and of course I uh, was screaming, much to the chagrin <laughs> of some listeners. I feel bad because I might have peaked the intro there, but after hearing uh, <laughs> your rant from last week, I know you're good at the compressors and stuff like that to get everything under control. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, that's round number one. In round number two, we're going to talk about the through line of uh, SmackDown this week, and that is uh, the women's title pitcher, and particularly Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. going to take kind of a long look at uh, the last kind of year and a half to two years for her and yeah. and, and why she has been able to maintain uh, that babyface aura 
where uh, so many times it vanishes uh, in other situations, mm-hmm. I think. So that's round number two. Round number three this week, we are going to be talking about Randy Orton. That's right, the Viper. He is back in a big way. He is a, a heel, and it is working somehow. Yeah, it's 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 the best way I think they could use him at this moment. Yeah, so we'll get into that kind of the way... He has uh, been used in uh, less successful ways, perhaps, Mm -hmm. of late. And talk about some of the other high points of Randy Orton's career. Because, uh, Mike, I don't know if everybody knows this about you, but like, it's kind of ironic that I'm bringing you on as this (laughs) anti-WWE guy, given that you essentially have, like... An encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah, name name a pay per view. I'll tell you the main event. It's <laughs> it's not false. Okay. Uh, uh, hmm. Let me think. Uh, like Unforgiven ha- two thousand three. Unforgiven two thousand three was a Goldberg Triple H World Heavyweight Title. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm sure if I could think of another one. Has to be two thousand or before though. That's my caveat. Two thousand or before. Yeah, when I started watching. <laughs> okay. Not after. Oh, no, no, after, sorry. Okay, like, yeah. okay, okay. So 1999, you couldn't do that. Uh, it would be tough. All right. But but could you tell me more about, uh, like, outside of the main event, could you tell me, like, who the intercontinental champion is at any given time I would time say, like, history? 80% of the time, maybe. <laughs> yeah? I see titles a bit dicey. There are some weird periods there. Okay, okay. Fully loaded 2000. Who's the intercontinental oh, champion? Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I, the main event was The Rock versus Chris Benoit. There was Triple H, Chris Jericho in The Last Man Standing, and Undertaker, Kurt Angle in a match. It was billed as a triple main event. The intercontinental champion was... Fuck. Can we swear on the show? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh man, you might have to edit some of my thinking. No, out. that's fine. That's fine. I just I want to like show off your ability to do this shit because I think it's insane in the first place that you could even list off all three of those uh, triple main event matches. Yeah, I just see off the top champion. of your head. Oh, I might be falling flat on this, boys. Uh, I know the answer now. I've just looked it up. I know. I I, I haven't. I oh. I want to say it's Eddie Guerrero, but I don't think that's right. Very close. Similar gimmick. Latino Heat? In some ways, to the actual champion. I I couldn't tell you. Val Venus with Trish Stratus defeated... Uh, Rikishi. Yes, correct. And then they had a feud with Eddie for SummerSlam because it was Eddie and China versus Val and uh, Trish. Of course. Yeah. 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 was, Was that the event where Rikishi jumped off the cage? Uh, I think it is a cage match. Yeah, so Rikishi jumped off the cage in a spot that has gone so so like un like warranted for how crazy it was. Yeah. And despite doing that, he still lost because Taz interfered and hit him with a camera. Look at all these things that you remember. I just it's forgot who the champion was. Insane. And but to be fair, Valvinus had a pretty shit title run, so who would remember it? Can we watch Rikishi jumping off of this cage right now? Yeah, you man. Think it's on YouTube. It, it probably is. I love. Visual content. I know, I know, I know. I know. Well, we do this. Josh and I do this all the time. So yeah, I yeah. feel like, oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was so unnecessary. Yeah, and then he like Velvetus like kicks out, and then Taz interferes, and Venus pins him. How does how ha- ha- that makes no sense? Yeah, to kick out of that. Yeah, Although well. I'm sure that's like a near fall that people would have gone crazy for at the time. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that little piece of uh, 
hearing us reacting to something we were watching. Uh, but with that, I think it's time. But well, no, I'm not ready to move on just yet. I forgot what I was doing there. I was making the point that you are like an encyclopedia of WWE. Yes. And the reason that you are able to do that with such accuracy, for the most part, usually you're correct. I can't believe I stumped you. This is like a rare moment. Yeah, I, I feel I. You, you were under the myself. pressure of the show. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah, these it makes sense uh, that that it would go wrong. Of course, with Val the spotlight Venus. on you. I know who would remember Val Venus as the Intercontinental Champion other than anybody who watched in the year two thousand. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the reason that you are this crazy encyclopedia of wrestling is that you basically watched like Raw and SmackDown yeah. and pay per views like religiously every week mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, pretty much. Like. I have a very good, like, I would either watch it or, like, I would just, like, find a way to, like, recap or skim by kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, I, like, I was absorbing the information at a very, like, acceptable rate. And, like, honestly, I still am now. I'm just not watching. Yes. Which is kind but, of the segue on but this. You, yeah. So, I guess, yes, this is the perfect place to begin with the context for... Round number one! Fuck yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Round one, fight! Mike. Yes. Let's pick it up right where we left off. All right, yeah. If you are not watching anymore, would you say that there were other times in the past that you had this same sort of level of apathy? Um, Here and there, I, I just think it, it's kind of... I would say yes, but not to this extent. And there's a couple of reasons why. Okay, so what happened? What's different about right now versus a time when the product is probably like objectively worse, like in 2009? Yeah, it, like, the the product is was objectively worse in 2009. But I think going back to the disappointment part. Yeah. The roster is the best it has ever been. Yeah. Like undeniably, like I can tune into Raw every week if I wanted to, and <laughs> you can. I can. Yeah. Um, and watch like Finn Balor. Seth Rollins and fucking like all these amazing Kevin Owens, all these amazing performers, but everything seems inconsequential. Like nothing seems to matter, and maybe that's Brock Lesnar having a fucking 500 day title reign, yeah, with like for no reason other than to get Roman Reigns over at the end of it, which, and to like wipe Punk out of the history. Yeah, books. exactly. And it's like there's no benefit to me watching. Like I watch pay per views with you guys, yeah, and like. I feel fine doing that. And despite you chirping me about John Pollock, haven't listened to Post Wrestling in like a month and a half. But that's right. by my own doing. But <laughs> I do understand the sentiment behind your subtweet. Yes. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it just feels so like meaningless almost. It's like you're not – like there's no reason for me to tune in because I don't feel like – like rewarded for tuning in it's like if i don't need to see this on a week-to-week basis then what's the point like three hours is a long time yeah and like with smackdown which is arguably like not even arguably like it's objectively better um but even two hours of smackdown on top of three hours of raw five hours of committed television when it might not be that great like that's a big pill to swallow it is and this week is like a t- I, it is a great week for you to be on because i feel like both shows were pretty good yeah. like raw even 
is raw. Ultimately, like there's going to be parts of it that are not good, and three hours yeah. is a lot to t- to take in, no matter what. Like uh, it was fine for me when I was working at the bar, yeah, and doing paid it because I'm like getting paid <laughs> to do this. You're and wel- also, you're like, welcome by the way. And also, like time goes by faster when a I'm working and b like I'm paying attention to this yeah, thing yeah. when I have nothing to do at work, mm-hmm. right? Like that three hours zips by if I if I'm making the conscious choice to just sit on the couch and I don't have the luxury of like PVR to skip forward through commercials with raw like the the task of watching raw live is incredibly daunting yeah. and I fully concede that yeah. like I I have no argument there but to say that it's all bad is not true either because like you said we do have Braun Strowman we do have Kevin Owens we do have Seth Rollins we do have Dolph Ziggler even right I, now. Hey, I, I, I don't know if this is sacrilege on the podcast, but I also like Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. So and like, I'm going to burst into flames in like 30 seconds or Josh has a sniper outside. He's or something. been very good for the most part. Like they had one bad main event at the pay-per-view. Well, that's because Iron Man matches suck. <laughs> <laughs> but like for the most part, that's been a great feud. Yes, that's produced I agree. compelling television. And I want to see it continue yeah. because these are two talented guys doing compelling things um and you know smackdown this week was a fantastic mm-hmm. show i thought we we're going to talk about it a little bit yeah. more in the show obviously with uh becky lynch and, and randy orton rounds coming up but like it's it smackdown is ha- almost has like a luxury of riches right now or like a, an embarrassment a, of of riches smackdown has a luxury of having a champion that's there and no ceiling with an obvious main eventer who's getting a push true but like and like that's honestly kind of all like the reason I feel raw is inconsequential. It's mm-hmm. like all these amazing things can happen, but I won't see the people I want to see succeed on that level because I know they're not Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar. And yeah. that's kind of like the be all end all. And yeah. and I've been conditioned over the past what, four years now? Mm-hmm. That that's just gonna be the case. The fact that they're going to Roman Brock at SummerSlam this year is Fucking crazy. Well, it, well, it seems like Brock is leaving immediately after. Yeah, this, but right? this was a main event that they wanted to pull the trigger on three and a half years ago. Yeah, and they didn't because Roman wasn't over. And they're like, "Oh, let's just keep trying again." <laughs> and like now we're here, and now people don't care. It's like everything other than Roman doesn't matter. I know I sound like a fucking Brennan Bachelor conspiracy theorist when I say yeah, that. Yeah, but it is honestly kind of true. Like. I don't know. I mean, you do have an entirely separate show right now. Yeah, and that's why it's better. And everything's <laughs> going well over there. Yeah. yeah, and the reason that it's better, really, is that like there is an open field of contenders. Yeah, there, It's exactly. AJ Styles versus anyone on the roster who can yeah. have a good match with him. So there are like conceivably eight people who could be world champion on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you're right. It's a huge problem with Raw that not, not only does... Brock have the belt and he's not on the show, so the belt is never around. But like, yeah, the division, the heavyweight division of Raw is really literally just Brock, Braun, and Roman, and, and, and maybe Lashley. Yeah, and it should be Seth, but you know. And, and, but and, but like, yeah, those four guys, and even like Braun has been taken out of it by having Money in the Bank. So who knows what's going on there? Uh, and like, yeah, so it's really just those two guys, yeah. and that is 
not compelling because if you are a fan who became a fan in the late 90s or early 2000s like both of us did mm-hmm. then like you, you what of one of the things that compelled you about it like I, I talked on the show last week we were talking about like favorite wrestlers growing up yeah and Josh made fun of me that I just kept listing off guys yeah but like that was the benefit of that era of WWE is that there are like seven guys in the main event scene that could all be WWF champion at any given time and you would be super into it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, who are my favorite wrestlers now? Like, I love Finn Balor, but it's like, that guy's not going to do anything. Like, yeah. I, I want him to, but like, by all means, he's not going to, unfortunately. He should have a reason to parachute into the main event scene of Raw yeah. at any time, uh, which is that I never fucking lost this belt. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that goes... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue this into the New Japan thing because okay. I know that was another yeah, yeah. part of it. No, but it, but it's like, it. the thing I like about New Japan is, A, like, okay, so the in-ring is better. Like, that's, like, I don't think you can argue, like, yeah. otherwise. Like, yeah. I would say NXT is probably about, like, you know, getting, like, living in that world mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But, like, main roster WWE, like, we just had a four-month feud with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. And none of the matches, like, I really like the last man standing match, but none of the matches were just like, holy shit, like, this is the best match ever, like, yeah. kind of thing. Um, where was I going with this? Fuck, sorry. Um, so ultimately, that feud is over, and it just doesn't feel like it matters. Yeah, very much. exactly. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I re- should have been like a dream thing. Yeah, and like, going back to my point of logical booking. So it's like, logically, Finn Balor has a universal title shot because he never lost it. Kevin Owens doesn't never got his rematch. True. Like, stuff like that. And it's just like, are we supposed to forget about this? Like, you're insulting our intelligence as fans. Like, you're setting I think up- Owens has brought it up before. He has, but probably who cares, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, for example, like, Tomohiro Ishii is going to get a shot against Kenny Omega because, the, like, the rules in New Japan are if you pin the champion, you get a title shot. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, I like being able to be like, yes, this is good. Like, I can follow this. this One thing leads to another yes, thing. Yes, there's consequence to what happens. So you put them in a, t- a tournament situation like that where the belt isn't on the line. Everybody who pins the champ becomes a contender. Yeah, like, or, or something like that. Or like even in like the nothing tag matches if you pin I'm a champ. I'm just saying yeah, like yeah. what's going on in the G1. Yeah, right oh, yeah, now, yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, right, not everyone is a nerd like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I mean... Finn Balor brought it up, I think, once during that segment when he was going back and forth with Paul Heyman yeah. in the lead-up to that Extreme Rules Fatal 5-Way, probably, yes. I think is yeah. when that was happening. Um, so, like, they, there are times, like, they know how to do this. They do know. Like, so often it feels like they're incredibly reluctant to reference anything that's happened on their show beyond, like, the last couple weeks mm-hmm. or what can't be caught up on in, like, a previously on SmackDown yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. video package because they want the show to be accessible to everybody if you tune in, if this is the first time ever. But, like, okay, there's a way to do it where both things are true. Yeah. Like, there's a way to present something that a first-time viewer knows something important is happening and they don't – like, they can go online and find out what the, like, deeper significance yeah, yeah. is. It feels like the only people that they're willing to do, like, actually long-term storytelling booking for – are Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan and The Miz, I guess, on some level as well. So let's count The Miz in there, too. And I feel like Miz got that as well when he was with Cena uh, a little bit. Like, they do Mm -hmm. touch on history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And, and like, The Shield guys. Yeah. Like, everyone else, it's like anything that you did more than two months ago didn't happen. They exist month to month. Yeah. And it's like, 
I mean, there's things that are not terrible about it because, like, if you have a forgettable feud, it's literally forgettable. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we... Bobby Lashley's everything. Exactly. <laughs> or, like, Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. Like, that's... Oh, I mean, we God. still remember it on, on account of how bad it was, but, like, it's not, uh, like, the lasting image of them, right? Do, do you know what... Okay, do you know what the lasting image of that is? Do you remember their TLC graphic where it's, yeah. like, Finn as the pumpkin yeah, and pump, Bray with, pumpkin like, the... Man. And yeah. Bray as, like, Scarecrow Sister with the projection over... The, Sister oh, Abigail versus Pumpkin Man, yeah. It's like, yeah, and then... And then Justin goes, this is good. <laughs> I didn't I hate it. <laughs> I, I mean. I, I, there, were, there were elements. I like both of those guys. I want yeah, both those guys no, to exactly. be good, right? But, but exactly. You're, like, you're seeing these people who are so incredibly talented and yeah. great performers, and you're just like, why aren't you better? Like, like yeah. what? And like, that's but frustrating. But it, it just must be – is it just the bloat, though? I feel like Raw right now, like – has more writers than ever to write less story yeah, than I th- ever before I think, as I well. Think th- and, like, you know, call me a fucking echo chamber, but, like, I do think the scripted promos are a problem. Yeah. Like, like going, you know, getting back on New Japan's dick for a mm. second, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so you know how when Talking Smack was around, everyone was praising it because it's like, oh, yeah, they mix kayfabe and reality, and it's very raw and, like, great. Yeah. That is every New Japan promo. Yeah, that should be every promo. And, like... It it works. It it builds hype. It gets you into the people and like the characters or the people, and it just like it's a very simple way of building hype as opposed to like convoluted storytelling. Like I think WWE. I I love like when they go so WWE. Like when they reveal Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Yeah. I was all over that because I was like, I can only find this here. Yeah. Like I'm like unless I wanted to watch DDT, but I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet. Okay. But. Yeah, and like I, I love stuff like that. That's just so over the top and kooky. That's just like this is insane and ridiculous. But then they kind of try to like blend in realism, and then like a Samoa Joe has a promo after, and I'm just like, yeah, this is dope. But like I'm kind of like you guys are kind of going through a bit of an identity crisis here. I guess, but I think there's room for like everything in some ways. Like I've come to recognize that like the Bludgeon Brothers are a throwback '80s style like cartoon character gimmick for kids. They're like. They need, they they're need, like t- villains if you're an, a seven-year-old. They need to do like some vignettes for the Bludgeon Brothers, where they're just like rolling up Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> characters. <laughs> but like, I imagine children actually being frightened. Oh of yeah, them. for sure. And that's for so- sure. something that only clicked with me recently. Whereas, like, you know, I'm sure that like most other tag teams in that division mm-hmm. are for us. Yeah. And, like, SmackDown has an embarrassment of riches right now. We just got to see, like, the bar versus the Usos. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. And, like, neither of those teams have been on TV in a while. It's, like, this NXT principle of, like, keeping things fresh mm-hmm. and not overplaying your hand. Like, it's, I think we're going to talk about this when we talk about Randy Orton in a second. But, like, part of what is working for him is that we haven't seen him in a while yeah. either. Uh, like, it's this like slog and monotony yeah. of WWE that makes everything feel the same. And yeah. you, you kind of have to be without something to miss it. In much the same way, look, I recently talked about the fact that I haven't been watching Raw a ton lately mm-hmm. either. I mean, I live with you. So. But not having watched it of late, like I do kind of miss it a little. Yeah. And that's not just me like missing when we watched it at the bar. It's like this is a show that I watched long before I was doing that job yeah. even. Yeah, so. Yeah. Like, I kind of want to get back into the swing of it. Like, I, you need to be without it to realize that, yeah. like, it's not actually the sum of all of the things that frustrate you. No, There's a bunch of goodness And in I, there. I do want to say, like, a lot of it, like, you know, like, I'm getting older. I have 
things to do outside of wrestling. And it's like, like, it just so happens that I can, like, brush this aside. Because, like, at the end of the day, WWE does upload a three-hour Raw into extremely digestible three-minute YouTube clips. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And then, like, a pay-per-view week... They're asking you to watch like ten hours of wrestling a yeah, week. Yeah, and it's it's a slog, but you know, I I I'm I'm still gonna be a WWE guy no matter what. Yeah. Just right now, I'm just I I if I'm gonna boil it down because I'm staring at how much time is left in this round. It's <laughs> for Raw the Lesnar Reigns problem. Just like it just puts a damper on everything for me. Yeah. Because it's like I want to see the guys that I like be the best they can be, and if the best they can be is not is being prevented because of something else that I, I personally deem kind of ridiculous. Do you think Roman can be better when this is all over? If Darren's heel. Is there any way that a Roman babyface champion works? <sighs> That's another round, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, could, can the show be great again once this is all over is what I'm trying to get at. Like, yeah. after I, I th- SummerSlam yes. is done and this, like, Lesnar-sized weight is removed from, like, Raw's head yes. and, say, Dean Ambrose comes back. I, I think that would be a great feud, especially I think Ambrose is going to come back as a heel because Raw is extremely light on heels right now. Yeah, but, like, would that be a compelling show that you would watch? Yeah, of, of course, because I think Ambrose would kill it in, like, like a revitalized th- like kind of way. Yeah. All right. And well. they need a better tag team division. The B team, what the fuck? Hey, remember the authors of Pain? Yeah, right. Like, Before what they, happened to them? Yeah, they jobbed out to Titus Worldwide. So weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> Little bit of overtime there. Oh, but I wanted to allow space to for you to say that, like, this is not something you have given up on. No, I, I've not given up on it. Yeah. Like, it's... Like... I... I I still actively follow the product of course. A- enough that it's like, hey, this sounds good. I'm going to watch. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, oh, hey, Baron Corbin's facing Finn Balor again, I'm just like, oh, you know, maybe not. Yeah. Even though I think that Constable Corbin thing is working. It is good. But it's like not good enough to be like, this is ah, three hours gonna of my I'm going to tune body. in for that Yeah. to see Constable Corbin or like oh, the I latest w- <laughs> one. The latest one right now is Bobby Roode versus No Way Jose. No, Mojo Raleigh. Oh, yeah, they're, right, right, right. They're right, advertising right, it. They're advertising it for next week as yeah. if someone's going to be like, oh, I wasn't thinking of watching Robert <laughs> Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, though. not even No Way Jose. Mojo Raleigh. That's right. Oh, fuck. They were so close to getting it right. Remember, remember during Money in the Bank when like Bobby Roode was... Was like almost turning heel. Ugh, I know they were so close. Did I ever tell you? So my, close. Did I ever tell you my gimmick idea for uh, Mojo Raleigh? No. What? Uh, Mojo Knight Raleigh. <laughs> no. I don't know. What? It's I, I just. The, it's like. I mean, uh, this is the thing that everybody. I'm all about at this puns. Point. I'm all yeah. about puns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Seth and Kevin Owens and Jericho, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah, he could do that. I Mojo guess. Night Raleigh. It's perfect. Anyways, let's talk more about SmackDown. Yes. Let's In do it. round number two. Round two. Fight. Now, Mike, the through line throughout Monday's episode of Raw was that the champ is here and he does not want to leave his dressing room as he was uh, reading a number of magazines, gigantic asses, if Twitter is to be believed, uh, uh, among them. I, uh, I will say, 
WWE memes, never going to get old. <laughs> but but the through line of Tuesday's SmackDown was, in fact, it's problematic, according to Josh Custodio, uh, women's title scene. Yes. Uh, as so much as the fact that Carmella is your women's champion, we're going to be talking specifically about Becky Lynch, who was the confirmed challenger at SummerSlam coming into this show, but only one of two challengers by the time the night ends. And... Uh, you watched all of this, yes, right? I and, did. and I know yeah, yeah. It, it, the one thing that I was like, well, oh, this is asking a lot of him, is to watch a show that is main evented by a Carmella Charlotte match because hey. historically those have been just so great. Uh, but like, I found all of the cuts to backstage of like Becky watching the show, yeah, to be like the best version of that. Yeah, like I, I think. This all has has to lead to a Charlotte Becky match at Evolution, I think. Oh, at Evolution. Yeah, yeah. The Evolution main event that I was kicking around last week was Becky versus uh, Ronda Rousey. No, I, I think we're gonna get Ronda beating Alexa at Evolution, Ooh. and then Becky Charlotte on the SmackDown side, just because I think they are they want to showcase their two best. Yeah, and like despite how Charlotte is being booked as the female Roman Reigns. Especially this past week on Sunday, or <laughs> this past week on SmackDown. Sorry, um, Becky and Charlotte are the two best in the division. I, yeah. I, I'd say Oscar's up there too, but you know, no one really takes Oscar seriously anymore after her feud with James Ellsworth over the <laughs> SmackDown Women's Title. See, to me, I feel like this is more like this. Is, this is a, a way for Carmella to escape with the title again. You think? Yeah, I don't think she's losing. I don't. Summer I, Slam now. I don't think they're gonna put their. Uh, all their eggs in two workers, two champions who are not great workers. I don't well, think I they're going to do that with Alexa anymore, though. I think Alexa's losing at SummerSlam. Who's Alexa facing? Probably Ronda. Uh, maybe. Uh. Like, if Ronda is the champ, then it changes the dynamic of both champions being the same. Regardless, yeah, yeah. I do think that this is going to lead to a Charlotte versus Becky feud, which eventually will segue back into Becky becoming eventual champion. Yeah. Like everybody wants Becky to be champion, and we've wanted it for quite a long time. Like I yeah. think it's that she's that rare baby face. She's got like the Daniel Bryan gene, where like yeah, people said that about Sami Zayn. Though no amount of losses is gonna make you stop caring, and I would say that's true of Sami Zayn. Yeah, but they turned like, him heel. Yeah, they turned him heel. That's their stupid decision making. Even if I predicted it, uh, <laughs> like that's like he was still a popular babyface yeah, at the no, time that they turned him. That wasn't like <laughs> the babyface run is failing. Let's do something no, else. He didn't even finish up his feud with Mike Kanellis that summer. <laughs> <laughs> but like she has that quality yeah, where no, I, like she's been out. Of, she said it herself on SmackDown, and what I thought was like a very strong promo to open up the show. Like, she realizes how important this is because she's had to scratch and claw to get back to where she is now. Yeah. She hasn't had a title match since WrestleMania 33, period. Jesus. Which is, like, crazy. crazy. Uh, but, like, throughout that point, she's kind of had these ebbs and flows of, like, receding into the background a little bit, then stepping up and being part of, like, a tag feud program. Yeah, yeah. And, like, retaining that amount of overness where eventually I do want to see this person back in the hunt. Mm -hmm. Like I know she had a lengthy title reign to open like SmackDown lives uh, existence essentially yeah, post yeah. brand split. Yeah, yeah. But like 
there's a reason why she was the champion then. It's that she's the best wrestler on this show. And I also think she she's the most over baby face. And like, or I guess Charlotte, you could argue, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, do you know what the problem with people who occupy that that Daniel Bryan archetype is? What? They just get fed to heels to make heels look stronger. I like, guess. Like perennially. I guess, but like they have to have their day in the sun at some do point they? too. But they never do. It's the WWE. Yeah. I mean, Brian did, and Becky Lynch has in the past. I, I and probably will again. I was, and, and Brian probably will again too. Yeah, he probably will if he resigns. Yeah. Uh, my my, how I see this playing out is, I think Charlotte will win at SummerSlam, and that'll force a natural heel turn for Charlotte, because everyone will hate her because everyone wants Becky to win. Exactly. And then Becky will end up just going into a feud with Charlotte. Yeah, I, we were talking about this, Josh and I, this week. He was saying that this will probably lead to a heel turn for Becky, just like Sammy. Mm. And I was like, even if she exploded on Charlotte, even if she like just lost it, blew her top, destroyed her, went furious, and was like, how fucking dare you just walk in here yeah, yeah. and take this opportunity your first day back and steal what I've worked for years for, like... I would still cheer her because she's correct. Like, even if she was vicious, this is this Bailey thing of, like, a pure baby face can't have even an ounce of, like, grit to yeah, them, yeah. you know? Of getting back to that horrendous Extreme Rules match with Alexa. Um, like, Bailey is still trying to shake that, right? Like, she still has not recovered from, like, from where she was at that point. I, But, like... I it's a I know it's a fine line, but there's gotta be some like women's equivalents of the way like you know Mick Foley could get vicious. He could attack people with chairs and shit, and we loved it. Well, I think it, using the specific Bailey reference, I think yeah. it's because her character got flanderized when it came to the main roster. Fair, but because like I don't think that's just like I'm too good. It's just like I'm Bailey. Yeah, like like like. Baby faces will use weapons, but Bailey won't. Right? Yeah, a, a Bailey face, <laughs> new term. <laughs> I don't um, know. I, I think it's like I think there's like uh, I don't know if this is a salacious thing to say, but I do feel like there's a degree of like sexism in that booking also, and that like beating someone up with weapons isn't like a cool lady thing to do. Yeah. She, so she won't do it. Though I guess like those I matches mean, between Charlotte and Sasha got extreme and yeah, they and were I like mean, kendo sticking each other. You know, Trish Victoria Survivor Series 2002. <laughs> Look it up; it's actually sick. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm off my rocker on that. But no, you're not wrong. You're not. You're not wrong. Like, there's got to be a way that she could attack Charlotte over this. And I and like not be a heel. Like it's I think they've been in a dilemma with Sasha Banks here as well because like this whole Sasha and Bailey, will they, won't they feud or not? Are they gonna be friends? Are they gonna feud? You know what's crazy? Let's start it in like January. I know. Ugh. I know. But like but, but Ra's good. But also but also like <laughs> Ra is fine. <laughs> Raw is fine. <laughs> Bullet, Bullet Club is fine. <laughs> but <laughs> the problem is, like, you can't turn Sasha heel because all the things that we liked about Sasha as a heel made her a babyface. Yes. So for her to just beat up Bailey, there's probably a huge contingent in the audience that would just cheer the shit out of that. Yeah, but I also think that's more to how the WWE just books things. Yeah. I don't know. Do you, I, do you I, think it would be a heel turn for Becky to attack Charlotte? 
It, well, it depends how you frame it. Because, like, I remember you argued that Shane McMahon was the heel in the Kevin Owens. Yeah, Sammy he was Sammy a huge kid. asshole. He, yeah, he was a fucking jerk, but he yeah. wasn't the heel. Because it's how it's how WWE frames everything. I guess. And, like, that's how, like, if Charlotte comes out and is like, hello, I am in fucking, like, Seattle. Woo! Like, you know, <laughs> like, she's not the heel. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a this is the rare WWE thing that is, like... Dealing in subtleties. Yeah, that you know that so. is that is like actually playing like emotional chords that are not just being hammered on. Like th- it was still obvious what was going on with the story that they were telling yeah. throughout the show on Tuesday, but like they weren't just like smashing you over the head with it. Commentary wasn't like spelling it out for you. You know, they they were they did a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Well, Listen. when I see stuff like that happen in WWE writing, it's just kind of like, like I've almost been conditioned to be like, am I wrong for reading into this? Yeah. It's like like because the, the way that they like even like since the two thousands like pretty much the way that they tell stories is that they tell you what the story is. Like, there's no real hint of subtlety. Like I like maybe there's like fucking they salt bay a couple things on there, mm-hmm. but like. To assume to assume a storyline is happening is like a bit beyond the WWE these days. I feel. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just think Carmella is such a good heat magnet that like this is not going to be the end of her reign. <laughs> no. And I, like I, the reason to bring Charlotte in is that these two can just like combust on each other, and Carmella somehow finds a way to steal a victory. I just think from like. The WWE marketing standpoint, they're going to try to get a lot of fresh eyes on the Evolution pay-per-view, and they're going to want to have good matches. There's a September pay-per-view in between, though, so you could still do a title change before that. Yeah, but SummerSlam means more. Yeah. like, But like, also, it's in Brooklyn. It is Carmella, the princess of Staten Island. Yeah, well, she's going to fucking lose then. No, I don't know. <laughs> that don't, that they only do that to baby faces. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like yeah, that's true. I feel like as a heel, like she'll still... I, th- I think that she hangs She's on. She's going to moonwalk her way out of there. And it's because we want to see Becky win it so bad that it can't be time for that. But also, you are severely underestimating the idea that they would compromise Charlotte in this situation. That they would have somebody pin Charlotte? Well, like, like I, I could see Charlotte attacking... Becky and then Carmella throwing Charlotte out of the ring for the pinfall. Yeah. If if Carmella were to retain, but I honestly think they just make Charlotte look strong as fuck. And yeah. then and then they kickstart the whole Becky being like, "Oi, that should have been me." I can't do <laughs> I can't do accents very well. She's a fucking Cockney like shoe shiner. Yeah, she's Neville's sister. Isn't of course, she? right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm still like she's. I do agree that she's like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like predisposed to being invested in Becky Lynch in like a I, similar way I that love, I'm invested I love in Becky Br- Lynch. Daniel like, Bryan. Like gun to my head, Becky Lynch is probably my favorite women's superstar on the roster. Yeah, and I I can't really tell you why that is. I've I've liked her from like the moment I saw her ECCW in in a, uh, in some, NXT. That's some Jay White logic there. Oh uh, no, that's not true. I never saw her in ECCW. No, I know. But it's like every further no. detail I've learned about her along the way of becoming a fan only like further endears her to me. Yeah. The fact that she was like a champion in Vancouver in our local indie. Yeah. The fact that like she used to do stunts and be like a movie stunt person in the industry here at the same time. She and that's a, what kind of like segued into wrestling. She has a fascinating life story. She did a 
Horizon Zero Dawn costume as our entrance at WrestleMania. Absolutely, and yeah. I love that video yeah. game. Like, yeah. uh, but but like she just it, it was the work rate. I think. Uh, like, I don't know. The gimmick is intriguing, and the entry song is very good. But like, there was something about like okay, the first match that I saw her in one on one was the title match against Sasha. Yeah. At whatever takeover that was. Yeah. And that's an excellent match. Very good. I want to say that. I uh, not even bother. I'm gonna ask. Figure it out which one it was. <laughs> My encyclopedic knowledge doesn't fit in that part. Well, all the NXT takeovers are like titled so close to being the same name. Take evolution, also. our evolution. <laughs> evolution, rival. Hey. Evolution, arrival. Yeah. Evolution, our rival. Yeah. And by evolution, I meant takeover. Right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Do you want to know my hot take as to why Becky Lynch hasn't reached there? Why? She's not blonde with an American accent. <laughs> but she's clearly like, she's kept her hair this color for so long because it's part, like, it's the same thing as Sasha Banks. Yeah, it, it stands out. It becomes a part of their, like, action figure, essentially. It's what yeah. makes them distinguishable if you were to turn them into a cartoon or, like, any, any number of things like that. Yeah. You know? Like, she clearly has the look of a wrestler and, like, the crowd just loves this lady. I know, but it doesn't matter if the crowd loves her. It matters if, you know, the head but honcho. They, they clearly do, too. I don't think that's, like... No, it's not like... It's not a Daniel Bryan level of, like, conspiracy to hold no. Becky Lynch down. No, no, no. Of course not. But it, it, I just think it's, like, they see more money in Charlotte, so they're going to go with Charlotte. Or, like, Carmella looks better on posters because she's more traditionally attractive. I don't, it's just a long-term story that you've been telling with Carmella, having had the briefcase for that long, too. Becky right? is also insanely traditionally attractive. I'm just kind of... Going back on my statement there, I said it out loud and I was like, that sounds fucking dumb. But no, it's like the kind of, like, there's definitely, you look at Carmella, you see, like, the kind of person who would have been successful even, like, in 1998. Dude, she would have won a lot of Braun Panties matches. Absolutely. So, like, I understand what you're saying. It's like the the Vince McMahon idea of, like, women's wrestling. She's Trish hot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, like... I, the, all of the women are gorgeous. This is not a conversation no, yeah, I want to be no, having. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sorry for steering it this way. I apologize. That's okay. That's but okay. But I think Becky is like one of the more talented people in ring. She's been really having to like slough it lately with some of the less talented, less experienced mm. people, like what the the remnants of absolution on the roster lately. But like she's still clearly like one of the best workers on that show, even with Charlotte, oh, I would yeah. say. I just think it's it's crazy that Becky, Sasha, Bailey, or Asuka have not had a meaningful title reign since yeah. their call up to the main roster, which is insane to me because they're all incredible workers. I think Charlotte did though. Yeah, but Charlotte—I I didn't say Charlotte. Oh, I okay. That. Sorry, I, my bad. Yeah, you subbed Oscar in as the fourth horsewoman there. No, uh, I wasn't naming off the horsewoman. I was. Uh, but Sasha, yeah. She, I mean, the problem with her is they just take the title off of her every they time she wins her, like, it. Yeah. a lot. Yeah. And then Bailey to had... To the point where the number of reigns just, like, means nothing. Yeah, and then Bailey won it at Fastlane that but, one year. Which is the opposite of this Becky thing, and that she did have a meaningful women's title reign. She had, like, a two-month reign that ended in that Extreme Rules match, did it not? It was more than two months, wasn't it? Or no, did they it, really just put it on to Alexa, like, immediately? They When Alexa got drafted to Raw. Like, after Mania. Huh. Because Bailey defended in that four way with Charlotte, Naya, and Sasha. Yeah. At Mania thirty three, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah. And then the draft happened and then Bailey's next challenger was Alexa because Charlotte got shipped over to SmackDown. True. And then Alexa won it. And I, then I think the rematch was at Extreme Rules in that Kendo Stick match. I don't think I don't think Bailey dropped the title in the Kendo Stick match. I think that was a rematch for the title. 
Really? Yeah. It was a, yeah, yeah, it was no, a that's shit true. rain, dude. That's true. No, they lo- they made her lose the title. Bailey lost the title in San Jose at the previous pay-per-view before that. And probably she like, lost her rematch. Yeah. Um, Payback, probably. But I don't know. Really? Was Becky's reign that short? Am Becky, I crazy? No, Becky, Becky's reign was from uh, Backlash yeah. to, I think it was TLC. So that's two months, you're saying? It was September to December. Okay. But because I remember Alexa. First champion, though. Like, that's still a meaningful thing. It gets referenced a lot. Yeah, but she didn't even get pinned for the title because it was a tables match that she lost it in. That's true. Yeah. Did she get the belt back somehow? Alexa was a two-time SmackDown champion. Uh, I think Naomi. Oh, right, right. Naomi. I took it back from Naomi. Well, this has been a revealing conversation that it turns out I know less about this person that I claim to love than I thought I did. Don't worry, you but can't. still, it's just me. At and least my she <laughs> didn't get stop started to the point where this chase is not meaningful. It's not. Yeah, I agree. At least we have that, and that was way over time. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh, but speaking of baby faces that get fed to heels. Who's this now? Let's talk about Randy Orton. Oh, man. In round <laughs> number three. <laughs> round three. Fight. There was a moment in the beatdown on Tuesday when Randy was just, like, feeding it to, to Jeff Hardy yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Where I almost, like, felt bad for Jeff Hardy. And not in, like, a baby face getting sympathy way. In, but- like, a... I f- I'm embarrassed that you like are crying on the floor basically <laughs> right now because that's essentially what it was like he beat him down so severely that like I guess Jeff like, kind of has to but even it's a triple threat now so you can't even like Jeff Hardy pinning Randy Orton is not an outcome that I want to cheer for because I do not want Shinsuke Nakamura's title reign to end first of all technically it's just Nakamura Hardy for SummerSlam. Really? That's what they announced. I Which, obviously, it's going to become a triple threat. Yes. Two, this entire feud for me has been a metaphor for like me listening to Jeff Hardy's band. <laughs> I didn't even know he had one. Yeah, it's called. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad bit. Never mind. Really? Yeah, they suck. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can find more about that yeah. by Googling Jeff Hardy band. When, when, sure. when Orton was like tugging on Jeff Hardy's ears, yeah. he was just like, your fucking last album sucked. But what a brilliant thing to do. Honestly, like I'm yeah. sure it actually hurt Jeff quite a lot. No, I, so I actually I fell down the rabbit hole of this because I was kind of disgusted by it. Okay. And apparently, if you have your ears stretched for like that much for that long of time, the, it, it like, just nerves numbs. Yeah. Die. Yeah. So it's just like it's visually grotesque as hell. Like I just finished watching an anime called Devilman Crybaby, and it's all about body horror. Mm-hmm. And that Jeff Hardy thing was fucking thirteen thousand times worse than anything I saw <laughs> in that show. Yeah, it was horrific. And like it's one of those things where he could just do that, and then they play it literally before every segment now that involves those two. <laughs> yeah, really. and he has enormous heat. Yeah, because people see it again, and they're like, Ugh! <laughs> yeah, and then they see him, and they're like, "You son of a bitch!" Yeah, it's like. Just- it's, barf bags. it's a wonderful thing to get heat. Yeah. And like, man, this version of uh, Randy Orton is just working so well. Like, typically, my whole thing with Orton, and I've been in and out basically yeah. since like 2012. Yeah, yeah. Is that like, I there's something compelling about him. He was one of my favorites when I got back in in 2012, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, I was watching SmackDown more than Raw at that time, and like... Orton, Randy, uh, or Orton and Randy, <laughs> Orton, Dolph Ziggler, uh, like those were my yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheamus was at the top, 
And, Ooh. like, I hated that guy. What a time. A- and then Randy got suspended for smoking weed, and I was like, man, I like you even more. Yeah. Uh, You're the everyman. <laughs> <laughs> and, th- and then, like, every time he's been a heel, it's been boring. Like, he's just a boring heel. Really? Oh, my God. He – And every time he's been a baby face – it's been boring. Yeah. Because he's not a Dude. compelling baby yeah. face either. There's just like, because like every time he starts to have heelish tendencies as a heel, I start to like him essentially. Like if he's, but you if said he was boring if as a heel. If he's vicious, yeah, yeah. But like he's, oh, that's see, not I typically what I he's been. He's just been like a flat, stoic, like corporate face of the company essentially. Well, any, anyone saddled with a corporate gig, I, Ugh, don't even get me started on the authority. Yeah. But anyone saddled with a corporate gig is instantly just like, you're a fucking zero. Yeah, but anytime he gets vicious as a heel, it's like, okay, I like this guy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I want from a babyface. Oh, and dude. then they turn him babyface, and they remove all the viciousness, and it's like, this doesn't work either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be somewhere in the middle that you just keep swinging right past as you try to reconfigure this character. Uh, I, but this guy, right now, in this exact form, is like, perfect to me. So far. Yes. So far. So far. It's because, still early. We're four weeks into yeah, this. Yeah. By the nature of his new gimmick, he is going to be more boring than ever. I guess. Like, I think, like I think he's going to be trying to draw meta heat. Like, he's not doing the RKO, which is, like, as of right now, still the most exciting thing about him. Yeah, that's and true. And it's like, if you take that away, it's just going to be fucking, like, stomps and chin locks. He did bring back that stomp series this week. Yeah. Which I don't think he's done in a long time. I don't know. But, like... It's, it w- a, it's his signature on 2K18. So I know. I, I, liked to, I liked seeing him do it because yeah. I see it in video games yeah. a lot, and I don't often see it in real life. Dude, if he could bring back... Nah, I guess that would be... That would be the same sort of thing as like the RKO if he started punting people again. He, they're not going to punt people. No, and he, no, <laughs> and no headshot. No, they brought the they brought the curb stomp back. That's a very different bump. I guess. <laughs> like, like, I guess. Yeah. It's a, I, I, a I, I am all head. for the punt coming back. Like I just watched Ibushi like I'm just kill thinking Naito, like what so can he do bumps. if not for the RKO? He's got to have something more than that. Stomp. He's gonna fucking roll up with the tights, dude. He's a heel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he'll they'll come up with something. I don't know. I I really enjoy Orton um in this in, as a heel, I should yeah. say. Minus corporate Orton, which is like bullshit, but like anyone stuck with that corporate gimmick, I would have just like shot myself in the it face. Had no personality. Yeah, like no one does when they except, except Seth, but like, you know, he was kind of like the angry problem teenager of the authority. Exactly. But I, um fucking Sheamus couldn't do that either. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Sheamus and Orton's role in the authority. I mean they that, did it. I would have given up. They then. did it after he cashed in the money in the bank. No, that that was a bit different. Not really. Uh, he was wearing a suit to the ring. He was like corporate Sheamus. Dude, Sheamus five fifteen, best gimmick of the twenty first century. Oh, horrific. This is your uh, worst take ever. <laughs> um or the an actual good gimmick of the twenty first century, I will say Obviously, it's a stretch for saying 21st century, but I'm yeah. going to double down on what I just said. Um, Orton's IED gimmick, uh, like the going into WrestleMania 25 when he was like the actual psycho and he was like prescribed as a doctor that he had like a mental disorder. Oh, really? Yeah, it was dope. And like that's who, when who he was, was he feuding with then? Triple H. And, oh, like, that was, was when he was like killing all the McMahon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. And, and he looked, he actually looked like a snake because he would like sh- shave down to the skin and like he like 
for like it seemed like he lost a bunch of weight, but also got really tanned. So okay. he 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 looked like slimy and disgusting. Wonderful. It was like pretty sweet, and then then it boiled into like the legacy feud. Yeah, like well, I, I feel like this is where your encyclopedic knowledge yeah. can come in handy. Like, what are the other good iterations of Randy Orton? Because I know they must exist. So a, a brief timeline of Randy Orton is he debuted as a white meat baby face. His first match was against Hardcore Holly. I remember watching it on for some reason on the SmackDown. Bizarre. And then he got injured, and then he came back um, on Raw in promo vignettes called RNN. So he had news update, and he'd have his arm in the sling and be like, yo, like, just an update. But he was, like, kind of being a dick. And it was, like, the Randy news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it like was, like, the CNN logo, but just an R instead. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he came back, and then they formed Evolution. Uh, <laughs> in a, this is a fun trivia fact that people overlook. Evolution was formed to beat down Scott Steiner. Really? Yeah, like that was kind of like the enemy at the time. Huh. And then, so Evolution formed, but then Orton and Batista got injured in the same match against the Dudley Boys at a house show. So they got shelved. And then Orton came back later that year. And then Evolution was three people, and then Batista came back, and they came through. And then Orton had a great heel run as Evolution. That's when, like, the Cactus Jack feud and Mick Foley yeah, feud and all that Yeah, he's the legend killer. And then they turned him face, and it failed hard. And that was, like, kind of the first sign of being, like, oh, shit, like, face Orton might not work. Yeah, that, I mean, dude, that that Cactus Jack match is, like... That's Orton's best match still. Yeah, probably. Like, gun to my head. I, I can't think of, like, even a close number two just, like, immediately. It's a fantastic match. Yeah, it's so good. I go back to it a lot. Yeah, we should watch it later. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it... <laughs> And then, like, fast forward a couple of years, like, they, they had the failed face turn, and then he turned heel again to face the Undertaker at Mania. Yeah. Because the original plan was Triple H beat Orton for the title, and then the, he'd win it back at Mania. But then Batista started getting over as a face, and then they pulled shoot on Orton because he was just shit. Um, Interesting. And then he was heel pretty much up until he turned face after Legacy. And then there were kind of, like, feuds here and there. Like, that's when all, like, the John Cena shit was going down, which kind of was the start of boring randy borton as they call him yeah this is like what 2009 at this yeah, point yeah 2007 to 2009 like that kind of thing and then yeah i i think or orton works better as a heel just because he's had a career of being a heel like the legend killer was amazing psycho orton was great corporate orton can suck it uh, i don't know though i just remember like two years ago going down to raw this was not the raw I've been to two Raws, the one where Daniel Bryan retired, and then another one where they had a triple threat match to determine uh, who would have a title match against Seth. Yeah, with uh, Owens and Cesaro. And Orton. And Orton, yeah, yes. I was at that one. Yes, and Orton won that triple threat match, and Orton got the title match in the main event of Raw, and he was insanely over. Yeah. The or cr that crowd, and really every live crowd I've ever been at, at a show where Randy has been on the show... Like, the people just go absolutely fucking wild for that yeah. guy. Orton is reliably over. And I think that's why they slot him into pretty reliable spots. And he's, like, a he's a safe worker. He's not very, like... I, I, like, do you remember that interview where Rollins said something along the lines of, like, he like that big WrestleMania 31 moment where the, mm -hmm. the, the stomp into the RKO? Yeah. Apparently, Orton just wanted to play it safe and not do that. And Seth was just like, dude, this is WrestleMania. Like, let's fucking do it. Yeah. And, like, they didn't even rehearse it. They were just like, all right, let's go. But, like, I think that's just kind of, like, Orton's just been playing it safe. Like, it's his career. He's made, like, he's younger than Styles and Nakamura. 
mm-hmm. and like he's like Finn Balor's only like one year younger than him or some shit like oh, that. That's crazy. And like, but I also think his longevity is a detriment to him because we've seen everything. Yeah, and um, I think the way Orton needs to like transition into this part of his career, which is good because he's a heel now, is he needs to kind of like invert the legend killer gimmick like he needs to be the legend now and people need to come up and like try to take him down and i think that would be compelling compelling orton storytelling yeah i mean that there is (laughs) yeah but at the same time i think jeff hardy is like the perfect guy for this role yeah because he's like because yeah like as much as i felt bad for him what what's he what's he gonna be what's he gonna do yeah he's jeff hardy like yeah ultimately you know he he can't like evolve into anything more than he already is. He's fucking however old he is. Got to be put. I don't. I don't even know. He's got to be in his forties, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Well, who knows with some wrestlers? Yeah, right. Especially considering we, it's, he's been on TV since he was like fourteen or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like you know, he can't. It's not like feeding him to Orton is stunting his his development. No, anyway. he can take there, the losses. There's so many other people on the roster. Where if you were to feed them to Orton in this manner, the internet would just like lose its mind about yeah. how dare you bury a guy like this. Yeah, exactly. And I think Jeff Hardy's like the only person on SmackDown that isn't doesn't have that shield up. Yeah, I mean, there's a benefit to being an insanely over veteran that doesn't like wins and losses don't affect. And having someone like that 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 you can throw out there into a situation yeah. like that is, I think, important. But do you feel like having Orton in this role? where he's essentially overshadowed the feud that should be a title feud, where your champion is Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah. who's coming off of a main event title feud that he lost. Mm-hmm. Like, is is this the right feud at the wrong time, basically? Because it feels like he's stepping all over Nakamura. I mean, even in the segment they had this week, he was, like, subservient to him in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Like, Orton told him to hit the Kinshasa on yeah, Hardy, yeah. and he did. It was like his. I, like, I saw it was more of a let him, not okay. a told him. Okay, but it seemed like he was just like using him as a soldier and oh, his like yeah, yeah. ring general plan to just unload on Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I could see how you see, could see that, but I, I I read it as like I will let you do this. Now. Okay, okay. Um, I just think they're making Orton shine in this because I think he feuds with AJ coming out of this. Oh, um, that's I, an idea. Yeah, I think it's because like his promos about being like you know I shiny new things like the typical like bingo hall promo yeah and like the two people feuding for the title right now are tna alumni that's true so it's and i i think aj is going to retain and my hot take is i think aj holds it till mania at least yeah i think aj just keeps running through everybody that they've got over there yeah and i think um we should see like an aj versus Big E title match on one of the like like filler pay-per-views. Hey, there's no more filler pay-per-views. They're all dual branded. No, there's still filler pay-per-views. Well, I mean, like every pay-per-view is a filler pay-per-view. But I really just mean like the it. ones that aren't like the big. The five. ones that aren't the Rumble, Mania, <laughs> or SummerSlam, <laughs> <laughs> or Survivor Series, yeah. or Money in the Bank. Uh, yeah, I'll give you Money in the Bank. Regardless, though, I, I think Orton and Styles have a program coming out of this. I think it's gearing towards that, and I think they're kind of just. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of heating up the waters with heel Orton. As opposed to just throwing him into a Styles feud. That's probably a, a, the right idea. Because I also think... Because, like, I'd be pissed if Nakamura loses the title at SummerSlam. I don't think he will. Like, we've seen an Orton title reign. And I think if Jeff wins the title back, we'll continue a Nakamura-Jeff feud. Yeah. Um, 
But I bet I think Orton gets shuffled out of this pretty quick into a feud with Styles into the fall. Maybe like a triple threat with like Brian or not Brian, uh, Joe, AJ, and Orton. I the reason I said Brian on my mind is because like oh yeah, Brian can also fit into that. But like we've had our fair share of <laughs> Brian Orton feuds in the fall, so um, <laughs> I don't want to really see that immediately. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where my head's at with where this Orton thing. Well, going. yeah, I think the the like next WrestleMania title match to have for SmackDown is like Brian versus AJ probably. Yeah, I would. And just if you're gonna get there at some point, this this Miz thing can go forever for Brian. Yeah, and you, yeah, why not just throw in a bunch of compelling heels what? for AJ to go at, or even baby faces. Did I uh, did I tell you my ultimate fantasy booking? No. So Daniel Bryan hasn't resigned, correct? Not yet. So I think Kenny Omega is going to win the G1 and challenge Daniel Bryan at Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> you would say that. I think you I, would. Okay, first of all, that's not my actual prediction. He's but for I think, sure going to resign. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's why they're holding out on all the like the money feuds. I mean, they're getting to the Miz right now. Yeah. But, but like, like his feuds it, have been big. It will continue. His feuds have been Big Cats and the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. Like, like they're yeah. holding out. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I actually liked about that Miz promo this week. First of all, eh. second of all, I really liked about that Miz promo this week. Uh, just him being, like, in, like, I don't even know what it was supposed to be, like, a Hollywood office. <laughs> it's, like, uh, like, light blue paint on the wall uh. and, like, some art and shit. I don't even know where he was. But he felt even more than Bray Wyatt, like, a... 1966 like Batman villain. Yeah, I I fucking love them. Is he's I'm I'm so happy at his career renaissance. Yeah, no, it was great. There was just something about the way that was shot that it felt like super campy, but like Batman villain yeah, essentially. Like the way a... he was like talking down his <laughs> plan or whatever. He felt like a true A list. Exactly, exactly. Well, why don't we hop on into the mailbag there, yeah. Mike? Let's do it. Let's do it. Answer some questions that people were kind enough to send in in the absence, of course, of Mr. Josh Custodio. Who hopefully will be back next week. Yeah. I think he should be. Yeah. How? Yeah. I don't know anything about concussions. I'll... Actually, I do. I had one when I was younger. I feel like he seems like he's been doing all right lately. I, I was actually thinking he might be able to join us yeah, tonight, all yeah. things considered. But uh, not the case, obviously. But hopefully next week, folks. Do we want to just go through all of these? Yes. We will, all right. Let's we will start. hit every single one. <laughs> every single one? Mm-hmm, all of them. That's the top marks guarantee. All right. Okay. I'll, should I go first? Sure. Daniel. What's up, Dan? Writes in, what the fuck is wrong with Ghetto? <laughs> Would you rather watch... <laughs> the block A matches from this year's G1 or two flies fucking. Uh, I'd say probably the block A matches. Yeah. Um, uh, what's wrong with Ghetto? I think he's going a bit too all in on this Bullet Club or OGs thing, and he waited block B to be objectively better than block A, but block A is still fine. I replied I th- to th- I think there's a reason to be all in on the Bullet Club thing, though. Like, they are clearly angling at a North American expansion, like oh, trying yeah. to grow their numbers in North America. And if that's what you're trying to do, then like Bullet Club is your ticket to success there. Well, I mean, I mean like the Tamatonga thing. Like, it's, uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fale and Tamatonga are like, losing all their matches just by interference in DQ, and it's getting really, really tiresome. Fair, fair. Um, I think but I just, like, I, I was going to talk about this earlier, and we didn't, but like this is a, a hot take 
that you can feel free to dispute. I feel like this, and I said so in a tweet earlier, this is like the best incarnation of Bullet Club ever. They're more famous than they've ever been before. Yeah, I think... Like, Hangman Page, when he comes into WWE, which he eventually will come into WWE... Not according to him, though. <laughs> he will. Yeah, I know. Uh, he's too young and too talented not to end up in WWE eventually. Yeah. Like, when he gets there, though, people are going to know him. Like, he is going to be famous as Hangman Page yeah, at that point. exactly. He wanted and, to change his name to, like... Yeah. Like, rope dude. And, like, I know who Adam Cole was. I knew who he was before yeah. he signed. I knew him signing was a big deal. His debut was cool, all that stuff. But, like, I didn't know. Like, Adam Cole was not, like, famous to the point where they couldn't change his name to something else when yeah, he came exactly. into NXT. Hangman is at another level, which says something about Bullet Club, I think, when that guy's, like, I don't even know how far down the list you'd slot him in terms of the hierarchy of the faction. Yeah, yeah. But if he's at that level, like, that speaks well of everything that Bullet Club is doing right yeah. now. Yeah, well, first of all, Adam Cole was in Bullet Club, so they're not, they're not going to... I don't I didn't see him getting his name changed upon arrival at yeah. NXT. Yeah. But regardless, it's. I think it's... I think it's an objective truth that the Bullet Club is bigger than it's ever been, but I think that all like I can hop on a train and go to Metrotown and buy like seven Bullet Club shirts. Yeah, like that's at fucking least crazy. seven. Yeah, at least. And like the biggest argument with Bullet Club was always just like, oh, it's oversaturated. But like I still stand by that the reason people think that is because they just don't know how factions in New Japan operate. Like yeah. by that logic, every faction is oversaturated. Like it's not like. You know, the, the comparison is the NWO, but the reality is WCW, like, first of all, the NWO was oversaturated, but it was completely booked completely differently. Yeah. Right? Like I mean, like, I'm I'm flying to Chicago in a month basically because of Bullet Club. Well, not basically. Yeah. And, like, like entirely it, it because is, of that. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, a ton of New Japan guys on that show and indie guys on that show who are not, like, officially Bullet Club. I know, but, like... Which you, is why I said basically. But, yeah. yes, the core people of that show, the reason that that show is happening... It's Bullet Club. Yeah, do you, and that's crazy. Do you know what's even crazier about that show? What? I doubt that they run MSG without the success of All In. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think part of that is that it's an official, like, New Japan... Yeah. But I, but joint I, show as well. But I think that they're just like, oh shit, independents can do this. Like, what if we like stamp it with our names and do it on like a big weekend? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. But I don't know. Do you think that the blocks have been bad? I mean, we watched some block A matches earlier. Oh, the, like Hangman versus Suzuki was fucking dope. Block as hell. A's had some incredible matches. Yeah. And my boy Jay White's in block A, so I gotta, you know. No, I hate. I hate that guy. Nah, he's fucking awesome. Nah, he sucks. Um, but Block B does have the objectively better matches. All right, this next question comes to us from Ryan Schapp, and he asks, Chris Jericho has gone on record saying he purposely put on weight for his New Japan matches for his new character. Did the dad bod work? Yay or nay? And why? All right, Ryan Schapp. Don't know how else to say this, but Chris Jericho's had a dad bod for like five years. Yeah, I didn't notice any difference, honestly, between like the Jericho feud, uh, you know, the the Kevin Owens Jericho feud, rather, and what he was doing in New Japan. Like, he didn't look, he already looked like a dad throughout his whole run with like AJ and Owens and everything he'd been doing for the last little while, both in terms of like him being an old man with a stupid scarf. And just, like, a little <laughs> bit of, like, gut as yeah. well. Like, not like he's in bad shape or anything, and it's he's insane just, that he can still do, like, the moonsault and lion salt and all the things that he does. But, yeah, he yeah. Just, he's looked like a dad for a while. Like, I don't think it's, like, have you have you noticed anything in his physique that's different? No, he's just, he's, he, he, 
quintessential, I'm in my 40s, I'm going to stop going to the gym, I'm going to do some yoga and get some fucking band tattoos. Yeah. Like, that's Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh, though the stuff in Japan has been great. Oh, dude, yeah. It's been awesome. Uh, to answer the original question, did the dad bod, dad bod work? Yes. Yeah. I mean, of course. we've loved everything that he's done over there. The second question is why. Yeah. Um, it worked because he is now IWGV Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, so yeah. There he's you go. never had a title before in yeah, Japan. Yeah, now he does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's been uh, drinking a lot of not strong zeros, but strongs. Oh, really? It's well, that... zeros like Coke Zero, right? Oh, okay. So therefore, if you you know, I see. Let's not get into I this. Got <laughs> Next question comes to us from coca-cola llc at coca-cola llc our gender fluid listener whose gender is a fluid and he asks mike what is the least amount of money you would take to be punched in the throat by abushi what wrestler would you let you punch you for free trick question for me i would let abushi punch me for free because that means that handsome man is touching me yeah yeah i would probably let abushi punch me for free also just for the story yeah. Uh, who I really would like to be punched by, I would like to take like one of those famous cane or gold dust oh, like uppercuts. Oh, uppercuts? Those are sick. Yeah. Or uh, uh, like a uh, big show with like that wind up knockout punch. I'm sure that doesn't hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure that doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. And it would be hilarious. Where his taunt is like pulling down the wire on the bus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind of exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but like, oh fuck! I don't know if I'm gonna let a bushi hit me for the story for free. There's probably like, would you would you need to get money to be punched by Suzuki? Um, I would. Yes, first of all, or or if I've somehow committed like a heinous crime and was like given the like death sentence. Yeah, I would be like death by like death Suzuki by punch. Suzuki punch. <laughs> yeah, just let that old man fucking wail on me until I'm dead. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like it. What's his uh, nickname amongst the the Twitter? Uh, Murder Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard that one before. Uh, this next one comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow, our good friend, Doug Crap. Ah, uh, yes. And he asks... Uh, was he the... No, no. And he asks, in your opinions, what makes NXT TakeOvers vastly superior to WWE pay-per-views? Well, this is like... I don't know. Brevity like, helps. The yeah. fact that they're two and a half hours long. And just better in ring. And, like, it, it's I, – I, I'm trying to – I'm just going to go in and say it. It's just kind of like the New Japan philosophy. It's just, like, quick, easy, very good matches, very basic, simple storytelling where you can get behind the characters. And there's no there, – it's not convoluted. It's not, You don't have to overthink it. Also, like, I think takeovers benefit from the fact that there, uh, there are fewer of them. They're, like, what, six takeovers a Something year? Something like that. So, like, uh, essentially once every two months or so, two and a half months, basically, sometimes, because mm-hmm. the gap is shorter other times. Uh, and, like, as a result of that, you're able to have a well-built feud from takeover to takeover. Whereas if you have a pay-per-view once a month, then you are purposefully putting in, like, meaningless pay-per-view matches yeah. in the middle of your feud to elongate a feud to the next show. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how they do the takeovers, because, like, I don't watch NXT TV. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's not being like, oh, WWE, right. It's like I legitimately just, like, don't watch it, right? Like, I love the wrestlers. I love everything on it. But it's just, like, I watch the takeovers, and I feel I don't need to know the story behind it because I know whatever is going to be given to me will be able to 
be decently recapped, be extremely entertaining and worth watching, and we'll be able to tell the story within the means of like either the bell to bell or the video package, right? Yeah. And I think that's a really like I think that's really great. And like I also think there doesn't need to be like I don't think there needs to be anything more than like, hey, these two are fighting for a belt because they want the belt. Like Yeah. You know? Like like why were Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch challenging Undisputed Era? Because that belt means something exactly. and they want it's it. It's just like I don't care if like Danny Birch ran over Kyle O'Reilly's dog or something. Like I don't need to see that story. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, I I can watch these matches and be like, oh yeah, these guys are giving it their all because these belts are worth something, and then in turn that makes the belts worth something. Yeah. What a novel concept. Exactly. Hey? Yeah, having a belt on TV that people fight over and want. Yeah. How how nuts that would be. Ross fine. <laughs> Uh, our next question comes to us from Josh Custodio at Josh C. He asks, what is your favorite Sandman match? Uh, Versus Carlito, Great American Bash 2007. Next question. Ooh. Not actually that. (laughs) It's a Singapore Kane match, and it's the only, I think it's like one of his only WWE pay-per-view matches. So that's why I spouted that out. Um, my favorite Sandman match, I don't know. His entrance at ECW One Night Stand 2005 is my favorite match of his. Uh, I love all of the matches against Rhino in the summer of 2000. I'm trying to find which exact yeah. one is the one where Rhino pile drives Sandman's wife through Jeez. a table. I'll be that's th- one of the craziest things I've ever seen in wrestling. I'll be the first to say I have not watched as much EC- I almost said ECCW. Uh, ECW as... Uh, you guys. Uh, yeah. And I hadn't seen a ton either, honestly, before I started hanging out with Josh. <laughs> Josh goes, hey, let's check out these Sandman matches. <laughs> I don't watch ECW. I watch Sandman. <laughs> I mean, I've seen other matches like uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Taz and stuff. Like I've, I've seen I've seen Masato Tanaka versus Mike Awesome. Some like a Sabu of matches. Yeah, Sabu. Some Rob Van Dam matches. But, you know, a lot of them uh, are definitely... <laughs> Uh, the the of the Sandman variety. <laughs> I'm just trying to find out what. What was show that one that is? you were watching and you came home and told me about it? And it was super goofy because like Sandman was like stumbling over ladders and shit. Oh, like that, that was definitely against Sabu. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, he he has like one of the worst ladder flops, like in terms of like running up a ladder and then jumping off of it onto yeah. a guy below. It's like he just walks to the top of it and walks right oh, off of it. He does. He doesn't God. even jump. It's hilarious. Sounds awful. We should watch some of Sandman's WCW run. Uh, folks, hack. I'm going to keep looking for this. I wish that I could figure out what show it is. I know that they have a match against each other at Heat Wave 2000, but I can't tell if that is uh, the continuation what of the feud th- how about How about you say what you liked about this specific match more than the other? So... The listeners I mean, can be, pinpoint it's, it. Because it, it really is they're both fun matches. Yeah. I think the whole feud with Rhino is crazy. It's it heavily involves Sandman's wife. Uh like at one point, like Rhino will like attack Sandman's wife in the back and is like trying to push her head into a toilet bowl. Like it's oh just about doing God. like the worst things imaginable uh. to this man's wife, including at one point doing a jumping apron pile driver through a table that's on the outside. 
to the man's wife, who is not a trained performer. It is the most insane bump I've ever seen. The first time I saw it, I actually, like, shrieked and was like, oh, my God, because it is crazy. It is the kind of moment where, like, and I think I've even said this on the show before, where, like, it, it brings to mind the kind of feelings that I had watching wrestling as a kid when I first was getting into it, where it's like, I know I should feel shame for watching this. And I'm like looking around to make sure that like no one is home. No one's around. No one's going to like walk in and see me watching this. It's just like this dark private shameful secret that I have that I like pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Like it made me feel like that. And there's some, I'm sure argument that you hear me saying that and you think like, God, that sounds like the worst feeling to evoke. No, no. But I, like, I, there's I get something, you. like I get you. there's something about it that is just so pure, ridiculous, late 90s, early 2000s professional wrestling that like I cannot recommend enough that people just have to see this match. Yeah, it's that hardcore heaven. Yeah. Oh, that's the one? Yeah. Hardcore heaven. All right. Well. And now there's a Google search history of me that is... <laughs> Rhino pile driver wife. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. I'm yeah, glad you did that. No worries. <laughs> They're coming after me anyways. No, so. no. No, I know. No, what? What's the FBI going to see? They're going to look <laughs> it up themselves. You're looking up a They're lot gonna, of base They're going to see that match, and they're going to be like, oh, this guy fucks. They're going to go arrest Rhino. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have here? We've got one Plenty. from Tranquilo Pachico at Blair Pachico, oh. who asks, Mike, what have been your favorite matches so far this year? Well, first of all, Tranquilo Pachico, Blair Pachico, thank you for asking. Um, I think there's an important distinction to make between favorite and best, because my favorite match of the year uh, thus far, and I honestly can't see it changing, uh, was Omega Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's because Chris Jericho was my favorite growing up, and Kenny Omega is a current favorite, and I was grateful enough to be there live, and it was an amazing trip with two of my really great friends, Josh Custodio and Max Friesen. Yeah, really, when you think about it, like that match and the Winnipeg connection between the two of them, like that is the kind of moment that WWE always claims to be making for WrestleMania. And like so often yeah. lately, just fails to deliver, right? Like that's a like old world meets new world just yeah, collision Alpha of generations. Omega, and yeah, it it was incredible. And like I loved the the match was incredible. Yeah, um, the match was fantastic. Yeah, and like there's been better matches this year, but in terms of like favorite matches and what this match meant to me and the fact that I was there for it, and it was like a highlight of like an all around amazing trip to Tokyo or Japan, I guess. Mm-hmm. Felt like just Tokyo. We did a hot minute in the Kansai region, but you know. Um, and yeah, so my favorite match of the year is Omega Jericho, and I honestly can't see that being displaced by anything else. The best match this year, uh, Omega Okada four. Yeah, I think like with a bullet, like yeah, like ooh, seven stars or whatever. But like, it's honestly like fucking incredible. On the WWE side of things, I really liked almost Gargano. Um, I was a big fan. I'm a really big fan of like, I, I'm kind of touching, I touched on this a little bit when I said I love um, 
like I love when like the Jason Jordan angle because like that's a very WWE thing. Mm-hmm. I love matches like I love big ladder matches. Like I love the takeover ladder match at WrestleMania Takeover because like I'm not gonna see that at that stage anywhere else. You know what else you're not gonna see anywhere else? What? The North American title ever being defended. Hey oh, look well, out! Well, he's <laughs> I mean he's facing Ricochet at uh, Takeover Brooklyn. I guess, but like. That title just, like, disappeared after that yeah. match in, in a way. I mean, it's sort of, like, half that roster, really. I guess. Well, they had that. that I, I think they shoehorned Undisputed Era into the UK feud to kind of launch the UK brand. Yeah. And, like, in doing that, they kind of put that as Yeah, I guess, side. like, EC3 kind of vanished yeah. as well. What else have I loved this year? Like, uh, there's been so many amazing G1 matches. Did you watch, uh, this is for sure on my list, we talked about it last week, Josh and I, uh, the triple threat on... The um, Impact Redemption show. No, I haven't watched Austin any. Aries versus uh, the Lucha Brothers. No, I haven't watched any Impact. I'm sure it's, it's amazing, fantastic. but yeah, I don't know. Austin Aries is like I, as much as I rag on WWE, the like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people leave the WWE and they just go, "That place fucking sucks." And I'm just like, "Well, mm, no, you might like." You just might have been the problem. Austin Aries? Yeah. Did he he sewer them on the way Oh, for sure he did. I don't know. I'll pull up some interviews. Really? Yeah, yeah, I felt like he uh, took the high road for the most part. He quit. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's hard to... Anyways. Um, No, I haven't checked it out. I heard it was really good. What else have I loved? Uh, Ishii has been a great... Like, the Omega... It's not like he's the only person to walk out being pigeonholed in that cruiserweight division, though. Yeah, and well, Neville did too. Yeah, of course, and Neville's fucking awesome. So, but yeah, um, yeah, but Neville hasn't gone on interviews. Yeah, anything. but that's because he's still under contract. I if know. They I released know, him. I what know. do you think he would it, say? It, it's just a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with Neville though if he was to say anything in any fucking accident. I think Neville would be graceful. Yeah, I mean, he had to drop to Enzo. <laughs> and he's like been stuck doing nothing forever because Dude, they refused to release sitting him. Sitting at home collecting a paycheck. Yeah, but they he's he's probably not happy doing nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I, like a lot of the Wrestle Kingdom card, I loved, and I don't think he's getting paid even because his contract is frozen. This is beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> so I doubt he's happy well, at all. Well, actually, I do know how WWE contracts work, and there's no his contract is frozen. No, that's I know, why he I can't know. do anything. I know. Uh, what are your matches of the year so far? Uh, well, you mentioned most of them. Gargano, almost obviously, yeah, fucking yeah. fantastic. I, I really like Champa. The Champa Gargano series is going well. I the most recent one. Uh, it was a bit over the top. I thought yeah, the the, a little. A yeah, I didn't yeah. really like the ending a ton. Either. Um, I I think, I my my worry about the Champa Gargano feud is I think like it's almost become a meme right now to a point of it being like, like, will this have a graceful end or are they just gonna be like this is the hot thing that we're gonna seep every no, last man. thing? I out I of think it. it'll. I think it'll go until WrestleMania series, which is basically. crazy. Yeah, but like it's it's not overdoing it. Imagine it, trying to sympathize with Johnny Gargano being like, "I hated you for turning on me two years ago," and it's just like, "Man, come but on!" But it's a blood feud. Like at no point has Ciampa relented in being the ultimate villain. So why would Gargano move on? He took everything from him. I don't know. The best thing to get get our Ciampa's skin is to not care about him. At I this guess. Point. I guess. But like to me. If you're going to rag on WWE storytelling, the last thing you should turn to as something to complain about is Ciampa and Gargano. Like, this is everything no, they no, don't give No, no, no. It, it's, it's amazing, but I'm worried it's so amazing that, like, they'll... 
that there's the, no end game, I yeah. trust them. I like I trust you, NXT. You, you got to even trust them as performers, the two of them, to, to know the way out of yes, this. Yes, I agree. Never mind, like the writing staff and creative at NXT. They'll get which called is up as a tag team. And generally, then. better than put into two of five live. Yeah. <laughs> As is tradition. Uh, this next one comes to us from Fruits Are Edible, Mr. Craig Tamble, who asks, would a G1-esque build to Survivor Series benefit the doldrums of summer WWE? Round-robin matches on Raw and SmackDown. The winners face each other at Survivor Series. Tag team battles based on next highest points. Would be a great way to see who has f- chemistry together for future feuds, too. So basically... A tournament on a G- television, yeah. A G one, just doing the G one, but on um, Raw. I mean, WWE seems to shy away from tournaments altogether, unless it's like a network special. I think one of the biggest things about the G one that feels special is that New Japan doesn't really do single matches unless they're for the title. Yeah. So having a plethora of singles matches for people who otherwise. Would, would not be in multi-man would tag not, matches. Yeah, and not face each other feel special. But the fact is, like, if we did a WWE G1, it would be like, all right, round one, Elias versus Bobby Roode. Like, and like yeah. okay. Like, yeah, there's more stakes to it. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like we've seen these matches. And at the end of the day, Roman Reigns will win. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... I'm kind of in favor of... I'm into it. ...moving money in the bank to, like, September and bringing back King of the Ring in June. Yeah, but the reason they ditched King of the Ring, allegedly, is because Vince doesn't like uh, tournament in the sense of that he doesn't he can't advertise it. Yeah, but, like, that's not a concern in the in the network era, though, right? Yeah, that's true. Like, that at the time, it was like, tune into our pay-per-view... Who knows what match you're going to get, which is a difficult thing to sell a pay-per-view. Yeah. But when you're selling a network, then you're selling the show in general, and the specifics don't really matter, yeah. right? Like, people are buying it for WrestleMania, and sure, I'll watch King mm-hmm. of the Ring also. Like, I, the idea, and they only started doing this, like, late in the game, I feel like, it's like especially when Brock won it, when it became, like... The winner of survive, or rather, the winner of Money in the Bank, fucking King of the Ring. The winner of King of the there, Ring. There you go. Third time's the charm. The winner of King of the Ring gets the title match at SummerSlam. At SummerSlam, that, that becomes like SummerSlam's Rumble. Yeah, basically. that only happened once. Though. Yeah, but that's yeah. a great idea. Like it adds a like a title shot to it. You can crown well, someone, give them something feasible out of it. Also, I mean, they kind of did that this year. There's a mini tournament with Roman and Lashley where uh, a mini Lashley, tournament with two people La- Lashley, is not a tournament. Lashley won the first round and Roman won the second. <laughs> That's round. true. And points on aggregate gave it to Roman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and in fairness, when I said a tournament is no, not just two people, that is everybody in the heavyweight division on Raw. So yeah. you're correct about that. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like it's it's something like June. They're already like doing these qualifying matches anyway. So it's not like the television is not just a monotonous drone building towards the pay per view. It kind if, of is. If you give me a tournament, at least like I would feel like the matches mean something more than like a, just a qualifying match for a pay-per-view yeah because typically i can tell who's gonna win in a, any qualifying match because you can figure out who's gonna be in the main event of a pay-per-view yeah. like i would say usos versus new day or rather usos versus the bar on smackdown this week 
was more exciting and entertaining than any Money in the Bank qualifier match. Yeah. And it's part of just a random tournament to get a title shot, yeah, which yeah. ultimately is what King of the Ring would be. But if you open it up to a big enough field, like you're crowning a real star at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. And like that was the initial point to like push people to the next level, right? Like Brock Lesnar King of the Ring, and he won the title. Yeah, so. I mean, even Austin back in the day. Like, yeah, Austin Triple H, Kent yeah. Shamrock, Billy Gunn, list goes Bret on. Bret Hart. I mean, Owen there's Hart. a bunch of bad King of the Ring winners also. Viscera. Viscera. Billy well, Gunn. Well, Mabel won it. Billy Gunn. Yeah. Uh, Barrett. Yeah. There's Sheamus. A, yeah. Well, they went through this weird phase where whoever won just got stuck with a King gimmick. I mean, that's like still... King Booker, King Sheamus, yeah, King after, Barrett. After Booker. Actually, you know what? Keep that. That's the prize. You after, get to be the king. After Booker, that was like the curse of King of the Ring, right? Um, No. Regal won it that one year, 2008. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. I guess that yeah. was true. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest thing I'm into it. I, I, I just like having stakes more for WWE, but the biggest thing that I think is detracting from it is the hard heel face dynamic. That's true. Because like, you know, New Japan doesn't do yeah, heels or faces. Like we watched Hangman versus Suzuki today and loved it. It was awesome. But both those guys are heels really. But they're by definition, by, by WWE framing, they are heels. And even within the match, they were both working heel within the match, like yeah. in terms of their tactics and stuff. But so it was kind of a weird thing in that like, I didn't know who I was supposed to be rooting for at any given time, but I also didn't really care because the action was so good. Yeah. It's just like, I don't think it's how, like for me, it's just like, you just present these characters and these people have these like personalities that stand out to them as individuals. And then their motivations or whatever they do are based on that. And then that kind of defines if you cheer for them or not, as opposed to be like, this is a good guy. This is a bad guy. That gives you fresh matchups. I don't know. G1 for WWE. I'm into it, but yeah. that's just because it freshens it up. Yeah, I'm into it too. Yeah. It'd be hard though with the brand split to do it on like both sides. Though I guess you could crown block a finalist, block, block A and block, block B. B. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. There we go. If it was Raw was block A, I would watch two flies fucking over that. <laughs> <laughs> this next one comes to us from Shadow Band ninety one till infinity. Scoots Brodo wow. at Scoots Brodo, who asks, do you have any good? Funny, embarrassing, or otherwise, <laughs> Josh stories oh. <laughs> or exploits to share with Josh not being there. Oh my! Get God. well soon, Josh. Oh, oh boy. Um, I, I have, you know, I I fucking love Josh. Me I'm too. Just, I'm just trying to go through all this. He's the best guy. Yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, I honestly like I I he's somebody that I just met through Twitter, who uh, who I had like gone back and forth with on Twitter a bunch. And then was like, hey, let's hang out at some point in the new year. Yeah, yeah. At when I was, it was like over Christmas break. I was up on the island, and I just like randomly texted him and was like, let's. You seem cool. We would get along. Let's hang out. Yeah. yeah. And then he invited me to the rumble party. This was while you were in uh, Asia. Yeah. And like, and then we just became like best buds. Mm-hmm. Like, immediately i went through a horrible breakup and i hadn't known him for very long and he was like the most supportive wonderful person like getting me back in the world after like getting my heart stomped on how you survive exactly and like just what a wonderful person who i could not have met at a better time in my life but if i had to pick one memory that like really stands out it's like why i love the guy uh i think i can't remember whose birthday it was i'm gonna guess it was yours (laughs) <laughs> when and it was at the penny. Yeah, that was mine. 
and and I came late after a hockey game that I'd been working at the radio station. That's when Zoe saved my life. That's true. You had like puked and like ran out without your shoes, and you uh, were just a mess that night. Definitely not gonna show this to the Hotel Mira but, fan base. <laughs> but as as we were literally carrying you back to Josh's place, I okay, I I will. No. Fight that it was no. being carried. Because I you saw were some being... videos and I was walking. Okay, okay. You were walking very briefly during the span of a like 30 second video <laughs> where the people who were carrying you ordinarily were doing a cartoonish walk, which I'm building my way towards right now. Okay. Uh, you were being carried the whole way and you needed to be carried. I will not be told <laughs> otherwise. Uh, <laughs> and I say this as someone who was carrying you. But throughout that walk back to Josh's place from the penny, I met you guys like on the street. Yeah. I got off the bus and was walking down commercial. We met like on the road as you guys were coming back from the bar. I'll take your word for this because I don't remember. Of course it. you don't because you needed to be carried. <laughs> um, and Josh and Jordan Ducharme, who's been a guest on the show before, was a guest on our Patreon last week or last month, rather, uh, started doing the bushwhacker dance. As they were, like, going down the street, yeah. they just started doing the big arms yeah. bushwhacker dance. Licking each other's heads. Uh, and that's become, like, something that uh, we do, like, every time we're coming back from the bar, it seems like now. <laughs> there was, like, definitely a spell of that where it's, like, leaving 12 Kings, walking back to Josh's, doing the bushwhacker dance, doing the bushwhacker walk <laughs> through, like, the parking lot of Kingsgate Mall. Oh, my uh, God. It's just, like, a classic memory. There's, of course, all kinds of times where I've been around him where he's, like, taken edibles to the point of just d demolition, where, like, he'll, he'll I, I'll have had whole conversations with him and then, like, he'll have no memory of it afterwards because like, oh, yeah. he was just on Edibles the whole time. Yeah. Edible Josh is, like, like my favorite part about Edibles Josh is, like, he, like, slowly curls up into a ball yeah. on his couch. Yeah. Like, he'll be, like, <laughs> like we'll show up. Like, oh, this is, like, a visual thing, so mm -hmm. it sucks over podcasts. But he'll be, like, kind of sprawled and be like, hey, guys, what's up? And then, and like, he, by and the end of the such night. such intense stoner face. Yeah. Where it's, like... His his eyes could not be any tighter if he was like literally sucking on a lemon at yeah, the time. Yeah. It's wonderful. I don't know. Funny stories like Josh and I met in two thousand ten, believe it or not. Okay. Um our bands played together at the time at the Backstage Lounge in all Vancouver. Right. His all band right. was called All My Friends. They were a synth pop duo. They were actually really good. Um and I played in my old band Young Pacific, indie rock band, and we just kinda stayed in touch and we kind of we don't. We only really started hanging out fall of 2014. Like we kind of had each other on social media, and like you know how Josh is on social media, be like very you know present. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just uh, you know we never got a chance of hanging out until one day we were just like, yo, let's watch Night of Champions 2014. <laughs> and you know I'm shocked you still we, we still hang out after how awful that pay per view was. Yeah, it didn't scare him off. No, no. And then yeah, we just kept on hanging out because we obviously got along really well. And it's just like there was a time. I feel like it's less prevalent right now, but especially when I was getting into the group, where it was just like this is a group of guys that watches wrestling all the time. Yeah. So if I need somebody that I want to get together with people and have drinks and eat snacks and watch a wrestling pay-per-view and not just watch it on the network at my own home by myself, <laughs> this is the man to yeah, call. Yeah, and yeah, it was exactly. fucking a great time. Hey, we lived together because of Josh. Yeah, it's true. So. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. yeah, and what were we doing the first time you and I hung out one-on-one -on -one right here in this apartment? We watched NXT TakeOver. 
And it was the one. Uh, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn. Yes. That was Chicago. When, that's, that's when uh, DIY broke up. Yeah. Take over Chicago. Fuck you me. and I watched yeah. it right here. Yeah. Before I lived here. But we were supposed to talk about embarrassing stories. That's about true. That's All true. right. I have one story. Okay. Um, so this was in April 2015. I was pretty drunk, so I'm trying to piece this together. But essentially, went to, we went to go see our friend's band. Van Damsel at mm-hmm. Fortune Sound Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for some reason, had to leave early, I think. Or I think he went to, like, a party with Jordan Ducharme mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he was supposed to crash at my apartment. And he... I, I came home, and, like, I pretty much passed out. My phone, like, was on the brink of death. And uh, he texted me being like, come find me and i was like where are you and no reply and i was like oh whatever josh and like you know he's a grown man he can figure it out yeah and then um i was really hungry because i was like kind of drunk and i went to go get some food at the 24-hour mcdonald's by uh you know the one down there yeah uh by whatever it is and i walked and i can't remember where i saw him but like as soon as i saw him he like gave me the biggest hug and like his eyes widened to like anime caricature eyes, and until this day he says like I've never been happier to see Mike more in my entire <laughs> life than this one point where he saved me. And I was like, man, I was just going out and getting some food. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought you were just gonna crash with Ducharme or something. <laughs> but yeah, and then like obviously we went to Japan together. I consoled him yeah, in his sure. aunt when he was crying at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's some good Japan stories. I mean, there's. There's a lot. Yeah, I don't. I have some stories too. It's just like I can't tell if I want to tell them on the show. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe another time. Yeah, that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, a different podcast. (laughs) Uh, Our next question comes to us from Sex Ferguson at Butt Dickhead. He asks, "What wrestler are your guys' personalities most similar to? Do Josh too?" Oh, man. I hate this question because uh, I, I always get the Miz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do kind of have like a self-promoting kind of arrogance to you that the Miz. I thought it was more the really A-list, matches A-list, with. Oh, A-list or hot wife Yeah, thing. you would think that, wouldn't you? No, it's, it's, yeah. well, if I get compared enough, I got to come up with some decent jokes to rebut it. Um. <laughs> By the way, uh, Hotel Mirror EP, August 17th, available wherever you find music. Josh is probably no way Jose, personality-wise, just the life of the party just always doing a conga line <laughs> i've never not seen a conga in that's the one thing people so like the podcasting is a visual medium it doesn't come across how much he's conga all the time when we record well he got this he, he got the concussion the moment he stopped conga so he's just <laughs> gonna keep conga forever exactly exactly it's a safety mechanism it's the only safe place is in a conga line i'm trying like, to because there's all these other people around you um, um, no, you know what? I think Josh actually does have some commonalities with the Sandman. That's why he's like latched onto him to such a, an extent. What the barbed wire sleeves? Well, like Sandman is like, it, it, Sandman is like the Genesis of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character, yeah, right? It, it's like, and, and there's the Genesis, like the basis of that is also just like beer swilling, uh, every man of the mm-hmm. working class. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously that's appealing to a lot of people. But, like, I think it fits Josh as well. Like, yeah. there's a bit of an edge to him, but he's also a good guy. And he loves his cold beer. 
and he'll go to bat for the people that need protecting. And like, his, if his wife gets pile driven through a table, you better believe yeah. he's doing everything he can to come after that guy who did that. Uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know. There's a lot of like every man baby faces that I think we all enjoy, like Mick Foley as well. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to see yourself in those guys, but I think there is like a Sandman-esque element to, to Josh as a person. Yeah, it's kind of hard to characterize all of us as wrestlers, I think, because like, wrestlers are just like really over the... Could you imagine if I was just like, yeah, you remind me of Kane, <laughs> or like, something like that. <laughs> I'm a big guy, and I've got great strikes that hey, are very you're, underrated. You're wearing red right now. Yeah, you're that's the, true. You're the mayor of Knox I County. I am wearing well. a red singlet at the moment. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, who do, who do you see in yourself though? Like who do you who do you like latch on to as an avatar when you're watching? Um to th- like these days it's kind of hard to make that comparison because yeah. it's like I I think like when I was younger I'd be like yeah, Chris Jericho, that guy's fucking cool as hell. Mm-hmm. And like Edge and Christian, I loved those guys. I was like they're Canadian? Like that's awesome. Like that sort of thing. And like The Rock was obviously great. Um but like today, it's kind of hard. I'd say Kevin Owens for me. And, like, I, I even am saying that knowing that he's a heel because, as I said last week, I always wanted to be a pro wrestling heel growing up. Oh, there you like, go. I feel like Kevin Owens is what I would want to be if I was a wrestler. And I like the fact that he's, like, a Canadian guy with a not-too-dissimilar body type to me as well that is not commonly featured in like a starring role on professional wrestling mm-hmm. television mm-hmm. there's like something about him that like the everyman nature of him even though he's a bad guy still like really speaks to me in a yeah, profound yeah. way uh so i would say him just because like i love daniel bryan and do but like do i see myself in him no not yeah, really yeah like he he's a he's a Pacific Northwestern boy and he's fought really hard for his dreams and i certainly can relate to that but yeah. like i'm not a fucking vegan <laughs> shitting in a composting toilet and like you know it's like the extreme hippie <laughs> side of kevin yeah, yeah, of uh yeah, daniel yeah. bryan like i don't relate to are you even seahawks though I, fan big, big pardon seahawks fan not really no oh, i'm, I'm a go. denver broncos guy really yeah oh interesting yeah uh for me i would say i'm gonna go with kenny omega because i'm All a right. huge video game loser no that makes sense yeah I feel like Xavier Woods could be a pick for yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, Xavier. I was thinking somebody Cody. who just like takes uh, like is popularizing the culture that you're into, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm also gonna go with Jay White because I've been wearing a leather jacket lately, and you and Josh don't quite get me yet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might be it for questions. There, unless we got some late ones. There's that. There's that Finn Balor one, which um, I think we've kind of answered. Oh, there's there's a couple. There's I skip past the Finn Balor one. Um. Oh yeah, this one from Dan Knightley and the one above it too. Finn Balor, what in God's name are they doing with him? <laughs> Nothing because it's raw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still over. Like people still like him. That's a curse, though. That, that if to, if he's fine where he is, then he'll be f- there forever. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't. I just think that that is a good thing, though. That you can go to him at any point. Yeah. You know, like if Roman Reigns gets a severe concussion, or if Roman Reigns uh, like pops for a fucking performance enhancer again. Well, like okay, like 
let's rank top five baby faces in order on Raw. Yeah. In in how they are booked, essentially. Roman is number one. Roman's number one. R- Rumber run, as apparently I say. Thanks, Scooby. Yeah. <laughs> um, Roman's number one. Seth's number two. Yeah. Is Finn number three? I mean, I know they think Bobby Lashley's in that mix. Oh, Bobby Lashley's for sure number three in their but mind. But no, in their mind. But like, but that's what that's what. Can't, oh, Braun. Braun. No, yeah, Braun's, Braun's number Braun's three Braun's, for sure. I would say Braun number. Might be Braun number might two. be number one actually. No, Braun's definitely not number one. That's what the stuff he gets to do though. Like he gets to do cool things that nobody else gets to do. Yeah. So he might be number one in like but, the way he's presented and protected. Yeah, but the thing about being like when you're a big man booked like that, you just like. It's only a matter of time until you become a comedy wrestler. Fair. I don't know. To me, I think when we didn't talk about this earlier, but like what Becky Lynch benefited from as a babyface was actually like receding out of the picture for a time. Yeah. She never got to be overexposed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Roman has had spells where he's not in the title picture, but but those are always like side quest detours to get him back towards yeah, the title. Yeah, it's just like we it's all like somebody know. has attacked him in the middle of earning a title shot, and he's gonna deal with that and then get back to his main quest yeah. of getting the title. It's like Whereas like Becky had a bunch of quests in there where being champion was not on her mind at all. Yeah, and like that's good. It it makes you a more r- rounded person that you have like pursuits beyond. I need to have this thing, mm-hmm. you know, especially when the title itself, in the case of the Universal Championship, doesn't really mean anything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think Finn would be in the top five. Uh, I think he'd, four or five. Yeah, like uh, in their mind, Lashley is probably four, but Finn has got to be still five. Yeah, yeah. I think I hope so. And and you know, hopefully they can do something cool with him. I feel yeah. like he could be a good heel at some point. Do we see the demon before the year ends? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I might save that. Would you do like a Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt again? No. Bray or, Wyatt or, or is, sorry, Bray sorry. Wyatt is nothing. Sorry. I, what I meant to say was Finn Balor versus Matt Hardy, but Bray Wyatt would have to be a part of that given that he's yeah, part yeah. of the Matt I, Hardy thing right I now. I just think, did I ever tell you like my, like, would you do broken Matt versus the demon? No, no. Did I ever tell you like my biggest cons- conspiracy theory air quotes? No. Uh, okay. So for the longest time. I legitimately believe that the reason they never cleared Daniel Bryan is because they knew he'd be a bigger babyface than Roman Reigns. Yeah. And they wanted to push Roman. I've heard this. Yeah. And, like, if you apply that logic of, like, making sure no one gets over enough that they overshadow Roman, Roman, uh, I, I think that's why they're not bringing back the demon for a bit. Okay. Because I think it's just too cool. Okay. Uh, this next question comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at Boofer OC. He says, I would like Colin the comic to call in so you all can do your best Josh impressions. Oh, I thought this so we're not going to get Colin to call in, but do you have a Josh impression? <sighs> I don't. No? I mean, You're like. Too tired? No, I'm not tired. No? I just like. I'm, you can't you, do I, it? I'm really bad at impressions. You heard my okay. fucking Irish cockney accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do a Josh, though. Do Josh. You're so good at it. You're always doing Josh. Well, if you can't see it right now, I'm doing a huge conga line. So. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just. Fuck. What's, what's it? He does this like. <laughs> like <laughs> you, you did that very well. Yeah. That was entirely nonverbal. I know, but. But I want people to know that the mannerism <laughs> that Mike just did was actually bang Here, on you correct. Can, you can take a picture and I'll just put it on. The, I'll just reply to the thread with it. Okay, okay. <laughs> just. 
<laughs> Wonderful. Um, uh, verbally, verbally. I don't know. I feel like I've done a bunch of them on this show before. Like, all right, I am fired up, Justin. Let's do this thing. That's pretty good. Oh, slam some cold beer. Oh, get that brown liquor in you. It's a Saturday night, bud. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking of like a brown liquor phrase. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got to have some brown liquor in there. Yeah. I don't know why it became so loud. I just uh, I imagine him I mean, all fired up. Yeah. Yeah, he's just all fired up and ready to go. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, that's all the questions. There's this the week. universal title question. Oh, yeah. Brandon O'Connor also asked, alternatively, scrap the universal title altogether, yay or nay? I'm not going to answer that, but imagine thinking a show is fine where the top title in question <laughs> is actually, that is like a question being asked. I'm saying it's there's good like, things on Raw, not that Raw is like perfect, but it's not like irredeemable. If you watched it, you wouldn't have a horrible time. I would be like, what am I doing? Really? Oh, well, no, I would just, I honestly, if I was watching Raw, I would be on my phone or like playing a video game or something like that as well okay but it, it's like yeah like the show needs a top title Duh. that's what's been hurting is that it's not yeah. there but ima- imagine a state the, imagine the show being a state where like like the option is just like you know what would this be better if we just got rid of the top title <laughs> like come on fair fair i don't know i uh i still think it's better than you have credit it for I still think you've enjoyed watching WWE television of late when you have watched it more than you're willing to admit. I, ha- I have been uh, more critical about it. But, yeah, like you're citing the Team Hell No thing. That was fucking dope. But also, like, you must have enjoyed this week's SmackDown. Yeah, it was good. It, yeah, like, I, I'm not jumping the hills for it. But yeah, it, was it wasn't fine. like a classic episode, but it was, like, good, compelling yeah, wrestling exactly, television. Yeah, exactly. But, like, I don't know. I think I... I, and that's even a show that had a Lana versus Zelina Vega match on it. Yeah, but that 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 had an interesting hook, being like it was Zelina Vega's in ring debut, that's right? True. So it's kind of. I I just think the WWE needs to be better at providing what only they can provide, and that's like nice nice knee crack. That's like like for example, I, the reason I really loved the last AJ Styles Nakamura match was because it was a last man standing match, and that was a match they could not have done anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is cool to me. And, like, I remember back when there was rumors of AJ Styles versus Undertaker uh, for SummerSlam. I was talking in our group chat, and Josh was like, no, I don't want to see that. That'll be awful. And I was like, no, like, give me that because, like, I want the spectacle of that. Like, I know the in-ring is not going to be great, but I'm not watching WWE for in-ring madness. get that somewhere else. I get that specifically somewhere else. Yeah. But it's like, like, give me what I, like, only you can give me. And, like, that goes beyond like, the obvious, like, oh, yeah, these people are only wrestling for WWE. But, like, you know what I mean by yeah. that, right? Yeah, just the style of presentation and, and yeah. the, the pomp and circumstance, basically. Yeah, it's just too much TV. All right. Raw is fine. Yeah. No, I can't disagree that seven hours a week is asking a lot. Yeah. Like, it obviously is. But I just don't think it's, like, so horrific. It's just, like, it's, it's fine, you know? It's fine. <laughs> But like so much TV that's popular, I, 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 I is know. Fine. But by by saying fine in like a wrestling I know, context, I know like, you can't you, not think of Bullet Club. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, Cody has ruined a word for you. <laughs> well, with that, I think that'll do it for this <laughs> week's episode. Hey, thanks so much for having me hey, on. That's no, a lot of fun. No problem. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for stepping in in Josh's absence. No worries. Let you plug your band again. Oh yeah. So Hotel Mira, our EP is coming out August seventeenth on Six Hundred Four Light Organ Records. You can stream it wherever you stream music 
um, if you're a fan of like Arctic Monkeys or The Strokes or like that kind the of killers style. even the killers yeah yeah it's getting there but uh, oh you you're you the killers I love, is a big influence I love don't the, act I like love. you are not trying to ape the killers oh yeah we're trying to ape the killers <laughs> but but regardless uh, that's kind of the style um, we're gonna be on tour this fall so keep an eye out for that and we'll probably come to a town near you especially if you're in Toronto um, but yeah once again Hotel Miro cool. And once again, <laughs> Josh Custodio, our dear friend, please feel better. Yes, feel we better. Are, we're all uh, sending our best to you, bud. And I think he is. He's. I think he's fine now. Soon he'll be conga lining up like yeah. his usual self. <laughs> I. Th- I think he's. I think he's making a recovery. I think we don't have to worry about him too much longer here. I hope. Yeah. I know concussions can be a little spotty hey, if you need me on next week, I'm make, not going to say no. I don't want to make uh, terrible assumptions here, but I know. Uh, I think his life is returning a little bit back to normal. I hope. Fingers crossed for you, but we're all we're all pulling for you, the listeners included. And speaking of the listeners, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash topmarks. $5 a month gets you access to all of our bonus content. Last month, we were supposed to do something, but unfortunately, uh, the, the way that our scheduling worked out with Josh's accident, we actually did not get to record that in time uh, before the month came to an end, which means we are going to be doing two... That's right, two Patreon bonus episodes in the month of August. They are both listener-commissioned by Doug and Jess Crap. We appreciate their contributions very much. What are you and Of course, watching? to support them, we are going to be watching the things that they chose for us to watch, Mike, which are uh, St. <laughs> Valentine's Day Massacre 1999. Main evented by? Uh, that would be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon inside a steel cage. What happened in it? Uh, the debut of Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show. Yes, correct. And uh, the WWE title match in that show uh, was a last man standing match between The Rock and Mankind. Oh. We're going to be doing live commentaries of both of those matches, so you will not want to miss this one. I'm really looking forward to watching that match because, as I've said many times, the Raw after that show is the first Raw where I started watching Raw week to week as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is like a big entry point for me as a fan, uh, going back to my childhood, and I'm really excited to revisit that show for the Patreon feed. You can look forward to that in the weeks ahead, as well as WWF King of the Ring 1995, which we will be reviewing as well. So you have both of those shows to look forward to. Best of luck, my friend. (laughs) On the Patreon feed this month. That was a fucking slog. Yeah, I'm less looking forward to that one, but hey. I'd rather have Koto Ibushi punch me in the face than watch that That's Viscera, right? That's Mabel? Mabel, technically. Yeah, Yeah, Mabel wins the King of the Ring that year. Goes to challenge Diesel at SummerSlam. Jesus. That sounds awful. All right, well. King Mabel. King Mabel. What's this sing-along that you normally do? Uh, Well, yes. Uh, There's usually some advice that we like to give the people here. Okay. Yeah. What's so? Of course, like I know it's like it's tough to recommend this given the the temperature in the summertime. But you know, we do like to ask the people Mm, stay hot out there and to stay spicy. Of course, you got no problem doing that with the food you like to prepare. Yeah. Which is also, of course. Staying tasty. Taste taste good. Taste great. Be hot. Be spicy. Taste great. Yeah, taste great. Because you're curry man. Wah, wah, wah. (laughs) 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 Titus Worldwide. And then there's like usually some banter here or whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think it's over now. All I really knew was the Titus Worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) Titus!
this world wide.